Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. It's the Kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished to God. Yeah, we here. So uh we gotta get right right into this all man moment, right? Yeah, before we do uh condolences to the entire Copeland family, R.I.P. Brother Ali. Um prominent poet in the community, one of the most supportive poets I've ever come across in my entire life. Uh speaking about my entire life and my humble beginnings in this beautiful poetry journey. Brother Ali was literally damn at every goddamn show I did. That man did not know me from a hole in the wall, from a rabbit, from a fucking magic trick in a hat. But he was there. He supported me. Um, you know, all the times I was on uh, Untamed Talent, big shout out to the entire Untamed Talent. Um, you know, it was it was a beautiful experience. He was at almost every show we ever had, even shows that we didn't have. He was still at things that we was at if we said we was going to be there, you know. So R.I.P. to him. Um, not quite sure how he passed, um, but he passed yesterday. Um, so R.I.P. to Brother Ali. Definitely R.I.P. I remember Brother Ali vividly. Um, I remember him being at a lot of your shows and being an Advent supporter. Regardless, rain, sleet, snow, shine, Facts. he was there. So uh, I know that that is something that is affecting you. And I hope that you and everybody else finds healing soon. Word. All right, let's get into the show. That's not it. That's not the drop. I don't know. There <laughs> we go. You know what? That kind of went together, though. Nah, I mean, a little mix, a little mix going on here. That kind of went together, though. I ain't gonna hold you. Bro. What's uh? What's your all man moment for this week? Uh, I actually got two, so we're gonna jump into the first one. The first one is um, I did a I did a random experiment today. It was I mean a random experiment over the weekend. It was unplanned. Um, so I went into the Gap, which I don't really shop at the Gap. Like it's it's a rare occasion that I'm inside a Gap. I don't really feel like Gap has anything that gives my brand or my look the oomph that I you know I think it deserves. But I came across some face masks. And I bought two packs. I bought a pack that had uh, Black Lives Matter in it, of course. Um, another the Inside of it had another mask. I think it was like peace. And then the last mask was actually a mask written in sign language. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. 
So I went over the weekend. I went shopping on Saturday. I went to Green Acres Mall in Queens and I walked into H&M and literally just randomly right there on the spot. I said, I'm going to do an experiment to see if people actually are treating people who actually are um, deaf and who are born deaf. I'm going to see if people really are giving them some type of respect or at least trying to help them. So a few people in H&M was very receptive. Um, a few people um, did not um, try to talk as much. They just tried to signal um, in terms of what they thought I needed or what they thought I needed help with. And that was cool. Um, and then a few people actually was not even trying to fucking help at all. So I was like, interesting. Okay. Um, then I left the mall and yesterday I went to work. Now you guys know I'm a Jamaican. We already cleared that up. I got like 15 fucking jobs. One of the 15 jobs I did was yesterday. Okay. And I went to a pizzeria and bought pizza and I was trying to signal to the guy in sign language, how much I wanted. Um, and he was probably the most helpful throughout this entire mini experience. Wait, wait, so wait, wait, wait. hold up. I got to stop you. Yeah. What happened? Was the nature of this experiment, you acting as if you were deaf? Yes. Oh my, oh my you didn't know, God. You didn't know that was no, the nature of the experiment? Jesus. No, nigga. <laughs> I just thought that you that wore the, the mask. And, and you just had people look at you and see if they, you know what I mean? I didn't know you was actually trying to act like you was deaf. Yeah, I was doing it, and I was right. doing signals. That that ain't it, and bro. And some, <laughs> that, some of them was resourceful, and some of them that, wasn't. I was like, okay. That well, is not it, son. You know, you know we Continue with your story, was definitely the most resourceful. <laughs> so my question is, I was trying to figure out in doing that, or at least thinking about, are there places or are there places that we should be looking at that we go to the shop, buy food, places that are of tourist attraction? Should we say to ourselves as people who, you know, are auditory, you know, like we're able to, you know, um, hear things and, and do things without actually having to do sound language, should those places have people there strictly to just help out the sign language community. Because I, I don't think the movie theater has it. I could be wrong. I don't think the movie theater has it. And that's a place that's about to start to open up. Um. Well, when it comes to ableism, I think that there is a big gap. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard because... Sign language is only known by a very, very small percentage of the population. And so mm -hmm. in this particular case, the reason why I know this is because I studied sign language um, for all of my high school years and was in the community for a little bit, um, thanks to my teacher, my amazing teacher. But in, in terms of that, um, very, very small part of the population are interpreters as they're dubbed and so it should be the case but it is a hard ask to have every establishment have interpreters simply because the supply isn't there the demand i mean in a perfect world we want to have everybody um be able to be serviced as much as possible um but mm -hmm. if that supply isn't there 
then what do we do? What I what I do think though is because we are moving into a more digital space, uh, that can be one of the solutions with a lot of, you know, LED screens and TVs and all these different things that are propped throughout malls and stores. That might be something to kind of look into for sure. See, ladies and gentlemen, you fucking get everything on dad has and bow ties. Tried to do an experiment. My brother said I went about it the wrong way. Nobody tried to slit each other's throat, cut each other's dick yeah. off. We still yeah, talking about it, okay? Don't act like a deaf person again, no problem. Okay. <laughs> has some bow ties, all right? Stat has some bow ties. Only on this podcast will you get this type of content. I promise you that. This is um, a fact. Okay, so uh, my second all man. Um, <sighs> I just found out that... Uh, Few people in the family listen to my uh, l- listen to this podcast that I'm on, and I thought about what I'm about to say right now. I thought about it over the weekend, and I still have I don't give a fuck mentality about what I'm about to say. <laughs> I still cause I don't, I don't I wouldn't know, be me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I wouldn't be me if I actually cared. Um, so what I'm going to refrain from doing in this all man moment is saying names. And normally on the show, when XAB says don't say names, he's talking about of other fucking people that are not related to Distinguish. I think I could just overrule my brother because he don't even know the fucking people I would be talking about in my family, all their names. So let's just say you have a family member in the family who gets X amount of dollars. This person and the family gets the money and they're supposed to do something with it and they don't do. Mm-hmm. And now you, you meaning me, it falls on you. And you had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And the person that gave the X amount of dollars to this family member is now mentally thinking, I can never give this motherfucker money again. Because they fucked it up. And now Distinguished got to take care of it. And he not supposed to. What's your thoughts on that? Why are you... And I'm not talking about... I'm not, I'm not talking about a little bit of money. I'm talking about in the thousands of dollars. Why are you taking care of it? Why are you the one that it falls on? It's not that it falls on me. It's because I see an opening. And I see a lane that... If... An outsider, which would be me, if I don't step in, Mm -hmm. the tension and the friction is only going to get worse because nobody's going to really communicate about what the fuck actually happened with the money. Because the money is fucked up already. Like, the money is gone. Mm -hmm. It it got fucked up. What it was supposed to serve, it didn't serve. So, basically, what it sounds like is somebody took a risk on something and it didn't work out the way that they thought it was. Facts. Facts. And that caused the issue. and Big issue. Through that issue, you're deciding to step in so that it doesn't become a bigger issue. Yeah. Because it's a real bad issue, actually. It's real bad. It's real bad. I mean, that's the difficulty of family, I think. I think that begs the question of, like, when do you step in when your family does something uh, or someone walkie, in your family like real does something that you really truly don't agree with, um, and then you may be the one who kind of has somewhat of a solution to it, 
And do you end up stepping in or not? And that that becomes like a question that I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to, but I do think that the main thing that mm-hmm. needs to be in the forefront is your mental health and how it may impact you. Um, because sometimes we try to take on burdens regarding our family and then we end up getting burned and then that makes us feel some type of way, which hints to one of our conversations regarding Kurt Franklin, which we'll get into. But um, yeah. like, yeah, trying to trying to be the mediator or mitigator sometimes puts us in this awkward position. So I would just say we just trying to we just be trying to fan the fires, bro. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But, you know, what I mean, sometimes fanning the fires makes you the one that gets burnt. So it's it's really one of those situations, again, where I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. You just got to keep yourself. You just have to have a good understanding of who you are, how much you can take, because that's that's the piece that I think people oftentimes overlook. And then they start to feel mm-hmm. some type of way about their family afterwards. Right, right, right. Um, And before I continue, what's the bros all man moment? I don't have an all-man moment, but I can see, I guess, this potentially turning into an all-man moment. So the reason why today's episode, once you guys see the title, is if you want it to be a zombie, just say that, is your boy got the first shot of the Moderna vaccine Oh wow! last week, and I feel totally fine. Nothing to report there. What I will say is... um, I can go through the experience for people on this podcast so that they have an idea and understanding as to what's going on. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of mysticism around getting vaccinated, and there's a lot of what may be deemed as mistruth versus truth or speculation versus reality, whatever have you. Um, So what I'll say is this. One... In New York City, at least as of last week, trying to get vaccinated it was a complete struggle. Literally every site that you go to um, tells you that they are out of the vaccine. There are some places in New York that are only servicing people who are 65 years old, and that's it. So if you don't meet that qualification, you're not getting it. Um, and I think, I don't know if this week is a little different, but... I don't think New York has gotten to the point yet where if you have a comorbidity, they're 100%. Well, no, they are. They are taking that into consideration. But again, those are a lot of the sites that are already booked out. What ended up happening is last week when de Blasio said that he was reopening schools, I made the decision that I'm not going to play this game of Russian roulette of going to a school building that I know is in an area that is not by the by the state, not being kept well by the state, and I'm going to be traveling and all this again, um, I wasn't going to play the Russian roulette game based off of speculation. So I said, fuck it. Let me see what's up. That same day, um, that was the 8th. The, the ninth is when I was able to get vaccinated, well, the first shot of the vaccination. That same day, many of the pharmacies opened up that they were going to vaccinate teachers as well. And so through oh, that, shit. 
lane, I was able to kind of get put on the list. Literally, the eighth is when uh, I started looking. The ninth, I was able to get uh, an, an appointment to get vaccinated. Again, that was by sheer luck. When I was on the site, I got through like mad steps. And then I got to this one spot and it said, somebody already booked this appointment. But every time I would refresh, it would say that that appointment was open. Did that a couple of times, mm. got frustrated, hit my keyboard like four times. And by doing that somehow, miraculously, I was able to get the appointment. Boom. Went in. Uh, go to the pharmacy section. It was at a Rite Aid. And they have a, well, for me, it was a young looking administer of the shot. I don't want to call him a doctor or whatever. I don't 100% know. I'm pretty sure he had some form of credential, either nurse or doctor. Um, he was dressed right. like a doctor. And so uh, when I got there, they questioned me off rip because literally that day was the day that they let teachers in and they were like, you're not 65. And I was like, yeah, but I'm a teacher. And they were like, okay, cool. Um, mm. So, And I'm saying teacher, that's not my full profession, so I don't mind saying that. But um, so yeah, so they said teacher, da da da, cool. Went through, um, had to wait about ten minutes. Went into when I got called. It's a small room at the Rite Aid. Um, you sit in a chair. They ask you if you have any questions. They give you a pamphlet beforehand that you could read through, and they take the shot. They put it in. It wasn't painful for me. It was a little prick, but it wasn't nothing crazy. Um, and then they tell you to sit, uh, or they, they, they tell you that you can maintain in the proximity of the store for 10 minutes, um, in case you feel something or you are not feeling well or whatever the case is, uh, with the pamphlet, there's a whole bunch of data and and information. Uh, and it, it is very clear that it says that this, um, is not approved by the FDA just yet. This was approved by an emergency order. Um, and so, and it also says that through that, it cannot fully state that it will vaccinate you uh, regarding COVID-19. But it is uh, indicated that it can. So in that essence is where everybody keeps, I guess, attacking it in terms of uh, experimental, quote unquote. Um, but that's more of a legality. That's like when a lawyer gets on any public platform and they give you law advice, but they're not, you didn't pay them. So they can't say that they are your lawyer. So what they will tell you off rip is this is the legal advice, but I am not your lawyer. And I, I'm doing this through the lens of just providing information. Because they can get sued if they say anything otherwise. And there are still Mm. steps that you have to take in order to say that something is 100% proven um, in the the field of science. So there you go with that aspect of it. With the um, pamphlet, they also give you what's in the vaccine. And again, it's a little... There are some scientific words in there, but all Googleable and... It is a bunch of proteins, fatty acids, salts, lipids, a bunch of different things that they have created the vaccine. Now, again, I've been saying this for months now, but I'll reiterate, on face value, there is nothing in the vaccine um, that would cause bodily harm to you, cause damage. The vaccine itself dissipates out of your system within the same day that it's administered. 
Um, and so in those capacities, there's real at least the Moderna and the Pfizer. Um, I can't speak for anything else. Johnson and Johnson. I know that there's like some controversy now because in order to produce the vaccine, they're using um, some cells from fetuses, dead fetuses. And so I know that that is becoming a point of contention for some people. Um, But what they say is that's based off of the science, like so an aborted fetus is going to get thrown out. And some of the obviously fetuses are filled with stem cells and they needed the stem cells in order to uh, because stem cells replicate so quickly, it helped them produce the vaccine quicker um, for mm. Johnson and Johnson. But I told y'all niggas about Johnson and Johnson. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but regardless, I don't want to be silly about it because I know this is a crazy topic for people. So um, I'm not telling you not to get a, a Johnson and Johnson vaccine. You'll have to make that decision for yourself. Um, but for me, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel crazy. Now, in terms of what can happen in the future, hypothetically, you could potentially say that there was something in there. Again, there's nothing on face value. You read through it. It's natural. Well, natural in the sense of things that we are exposed to on an everyday basis besides the the synthetic DNA strand um, that is that is placed into a protein. Um, but all of that is regular shit. And again, the RNA cannot go into your blood, your your DNA cells. It can't go and do anything to your DNA. So on face value, there's really nothing that, that states that this is like wild and your body may react to it five, ten years later. Um, the other thing with that is our bodies don't really work like that. Our bodies flush shit out. We have new cells, new blood every single day. So... Um, it's not like things can sit there, but what someone could hypothetically say is there's something in there that causes cancer or something like that. They can hypothetically say that again, on face value, there's nothing that states that that would happen. So that, that's it. I'll let y'all know if I'm a zombie in two months. Um, really quick, uh, just to touch on that. I can't say where I work. Well, well, I can, but I really don't want y'all to really know where I work. So my main job, I, I want to say roughly speaking, my main job, they've probably vaccinated over 5,000 people within a span of three and a half months. Mm. That's number one. Uh, again, do not ask me where I work after this episode. <laughs> I'm definitely not giving that up. Number two, um, we are administering two versions of the vaccine. Um I'll let you guys figure that out. Um, For the most part, I haven't really seen or heard anybody feel crazy different. I've seen somebody taken out on a stretcher. That was only one time. I've I've seen that. Um, But can't really say nothing too crazy about it. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because this is the all-man moment of it. Last week, when we were hearing that, you know, you had to have certain documentation on your cell phone, that's going to allow you to go to baseball games and, you know, public outings, you know, basically a COVID fucking passport on your phone to show whether or not you're COVID negative and or you've been vaccinated. Last week, one of my coworkers was like, yeah, man, I'm not taking that vaccine because that's crazy how they low key trying to force you to get it. I was like, yeah, man, that shit crazy. Fucking get to work today. This nigga says, yo, man, 
I love my fucking uh my favorite baseball team. Not gonna say his favorite baseball team because more more niggas are starting to listen to the show. Yeah, man, I got vaccinated. Word? I thought you said last week wasn't gonna get back. Nah, man, I had to because I'm trying to go see them play at, at the field, and I'm trying to still travel. All right, so let me get this straight. So you said, shit. So you said that you are getting vaccinated because you want to still travel and you want to see your favorite baseball team play the game. So you're letting me know you went against your morals for the vaccine just to travel and to watch your favorite baseball team play at the baseball well, game. That's where I, it's not good enough I for me. Think, that's where I got to correct you. I don't think he I don't think his moral really was that he was against the vaccine. Honestly, right now it's cool to say you're not getting vaccinated. People just saying the shit to say it. Okay. People are just people don't have any I mean, if you do your research, Nine times out of ten, you're going to come to the conclusion that there's no reason to, to not get vaccinated. The only reason that you would come to it is if you believe that everything is fake, false. Doctors are in on it. The government, I know we all don't trust the government. That's cool. It's understandable. But at the same sense, mm -hmm. when you look at things in, in a totality, it's more of a skepticism and a fear than it is a actual reality of oh this right here about the vaccine is really fucked up and it concerns me a lot where a lot of us are creating that for ourselves and then a lot of us is just <laughs> cool to be counter it's cool to say i'm not taking that shit oh they're gonna try and force again what what happened at the end of of my uh first shot situation is they did give me a card they did give me a card that has the date of the vaccination and the doctor, nurse, whoever he was, um, mm -hmm. did say, I have a feeling, he was like, keep this because I do have a feeling that at some point you may need this to get into certain places. Now, what I will say about that is that will not be government mandated. What is going to end up happening if it does go down that road is private businesses are going to make the conclusion and decision to do that. So, for instance, if you try and get on a plane and they tell you you need X, Y, and Z, most likely it is the private airline that is asking for that. That is not the government telling you that you need this, that, and the third, at least the U.S. government. Now, when you talk about traveling to other countries, is we kind of spoke about this before, but it's long been a practice that there are certain vaccinations that need to be have that need to be had in order for you to travel to certain countries. That's been a thing. Africa is one of the countries. Um, there's a couple of others where you'll need specific vaccines <laughs> against certain diseases if you're going to travel. That and, and that's because those communities are more susceptible to those diseases. So you, as an American, going over there and you don't have this particular protection against it and you get sick and then you get everybody else sick it becomes an issue like they don't have the money to have a vaccine or they don't have the money to have preventative care and so when they get ravaged by certain diseases it's truly like a situation and then there are some people who morally just feel like they don't want the vaccine and that's fine i mean you see a lot of people online taking their stances oftentimes it's with information 
that isn't necessarily vetted. But again, if you want to like do a, a, a natural thing and you feel like that's going to protect you fully, there's no real science that backs that. But you know what I mean? People know their body, so. Um, if you keep money issues, stressors, and bills away from your partner, what does that say about your word, XAB? If you keep money and bills away from your partner, that concerns me about your partner, you and your partner's relationship. I don't know if that's your actual partner. And I mean, that that varies based on the level and degree of the relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I'm right. dating somebody for three months... I ain't disclosing all my my financial shit, but if right, I'm married right, right, right. to this individual, then once to me, I don't know. I take those vows seriously. If I mm-hmm. if we're going to be, right. a, I still want my own account. But if we're, you'll know what's in the account. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll know if you ask okay. me, like, "Yo, babe, how much you got in your account?" Oh, I have X, Y, and Z. We could have a joint account as well. But I do like the autonomy of being able to just dip in my money and know that that's my money. And then know that this fund right here is for the family. And then know that you have your own money and you can do whatever you want to do with that. If you want to go get a Gucci bag one day, I don't want to wake up thinking that I can go get a new camera. And I go into the account and now we overdrawn because you didn't went and got a new Gucci bag and then I got a new camera. And now we looking at each other stupid. No. You want to go get nice little things for yourself through your account? Cool. You And for me... If I want to get shit through my account, cool. And then, and then whatever's for the house is for the house. But if we are hiding or not disclosing and we're married, I don't know. I don't know, bro. So you don't have a problem getting a joint account with your spouse? At some point in time, no. I mean, I don't really see what, okay. what the issue with that would be. Okay. What if your spouse didn't want to, but she always wanted to know how much money was in your account, but she didn't want to have a joint account with you? I think that's a problem. Why... That anything that's okay. one sided becomes an issue. Don't you agree? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, because I feel like deep down inside, this is how I personally feel on it, without really getting too crazy with it. I feel like if you are a person in a relationship that has looked at somebody, or you look at your partner and say, This motherfucker don't know what they're doing with bread. Why the fuck should I tell him how much money I got? Why the fuck should I tell them how much money I make? This motherfucker fucking up their own shit. Some people could use that and be like, this is why I don't want to have a joint account. Or this is why I don't feel like I need to tell you how much is in my shit. But nigga, I need to know what's in your shit because your shit always fucked up. I mean, that's a that's a problem with trust. We got people listening to the show every fucking week. They going through what we just explained. If If you feel like your partner is always fucking up the bread, then that seems like you have a trust issue with your partner. And if that's the case, your issues are way deeper than uh, <laughs> what you think it may be. Right. When you hear the words, we need to talk, does that do anything for your spirit or your anxiety? Absolutely, fucking lootly shit. Why? Uh, because it just causes anxiety. I think that's one of those, they, those. That's one of those conversation and those words that when people say like, "Yo, we need to talk," but they don't want to give you the actual context. I hate that. 
Honestly, me personally. Mm. I feel like, give me the context and then I'm fine. Like, hey, we need to talk about money. Cool. Hey, we need to talk about right. our relationship. Cool. Or, hey, we need to talk because I'm unhappy. Cool. But especially when you get them shits during your work day and you sitting there and you chilling. Yo. And then you get this text that says, you need to, we need to talk. And then it's like, what do we need? Hey, you was already having a shitty ass work day, too. It's like, what do we need to talk about? We just need to talk. <laughs> what the fuck, my nigga? Like, that shit crazy. <laughs> Yo, bro. I read this shit. Shout out to Dizzy Brown. I read this shit on Dizzy Brown page. Literally. And this is bad what I'm about to say. But I feel like most of our uh, viewers and listeners could agree. When I read it, it gave me anxiety. He wasn't even talking to me. When I read it, I was already like, what the fuck did I do? And he was just putting out a general statement. General statement. Like, when you hear these words... What do these words do for you? And in my mind, I really had to think like, yo, I think every time I've ever heard the word, we need to talk in a relationship, I low-key felt guilty. Now, I'm trying to figure out now, if I'm being honest, did I feel guilty because I knew there was something I may have said or something that I may have done that I thought my partner didn't catch or thought my partner didn't hear and they heard it and now they want to bring it up and in my mind is like, now you want to bring it up after... All this time that went by or they feeling guilty about some shit that they done did or some shit that they want to do, but they want to kind of see where you are in your we need to talk phase. Like, what are you going to say? I mean, that that be the part. To kind of make them feel better about what it is that they're about to say. I mean, that be the part that causes anxiety is because there's a lot. We need to talk can mean so many different things. So if right. you're telling me, yo, we need to talk. And you're not providing any context. Now my mind is running. It don't necessarily about mad shit. Yeah, I don't necessarily may. I may not have done nothing wrong. I may have been chilling. I may know that I didn't do nothing crazy, or maybe I felt like I didn't do nothing crazy. But now I'm letting every fucking conversation that we had, every interaction that we had in the last two weeks, run through my mind. Like, yo, what could this possibly be? And unfortunately, that has happened to me on multiple occasions. And I, I do feel like, and. Maybe some women can correct us, but I do feel like that's primarily like something that, at least from my experience, women have done to me. I've never had one of my bros come to me and be like, yo, we need to talk, but I'm going to holler at you later. Like when niggas have a problem and they want to talk with one another about it, it's, it, it might be like, yo, I'm at work right now. Um, but like when I see you later, like I got mad shit to talk to you about. Yeah, it might be yeah. something like that, but. I've never had that from a dude. I've only had it from women who have maybe felt slighted about something or, or again, maybe they had something on their chest that they wanted to tell me, but they, they didn't, I don't know, they didn't want to do it through text. They wanted to do it face-to-face right. face or whatever the case is. And it's like, yo, just let me know what I'm getting myself into because I don't want to be ambushed. And think that like, yo, all right, let's go to dinner. I take you to dinner, and you like, yeah. So I, I'm pregnant, and it's not yours. And it's like, oh shit, what the yo, fuck? What the fuck, bro? You gotta play that fucking what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Five, four, three, one. <laughs> That's you gotta play after that shit. But it's a fact though, right? Like niggas don't want to be ambushed thinking that shit is is regular, and then and that's but always that's the it. thing. I feel like when. 
Nah, that's a, it, when women say we need to talk. It ain't. It's an ambush. It ain't no. It, it's never. It's never fun. It's never like no. It's, it's never. It's like a voice change. It's never a good conversation that comes from that. Like you never sit there and it'd be like, "Yo, we need to talk," and then it'd be like, "Babe, we going on vacation next week." <laughs> Yo, I'm about fact. to suck that dick. No, it's never that. It's never that. We need to talk, and it's like, what's 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 good? Like what? what the, what's right. up? That's what the fuck that is. Right. And then it's always some wild shit. Is always some either you didn't fucked up and you ain't even know you fucked up, babe. Right, right. Or you didn't know what you did was actually a fuck right. up. You thought it was a, a something good, babe. Last night during our conversation, you said some things that I didn't like. What did I say? Oh, you said that you know what I mean you ain't really like X, Y, and Z. And I feel like maybe we're not compatible. It's always some shit like that. <laughs> it's always like yo, you said you ain't like the chicken sandwich from McDonald's and. Maybe we're not compatible because I like McDonald's. It'd be like, yo, what are you talking about? I know you're trying to be vegan and whatnot, but you're not going to make me feel bad about wanting chicken sandwiches. I ain't even say none of that. Like, what are we doing right now? What type of conversation we have it? But it always be something from my experience. My experience only. Right. You know what I mean? It's always been some type of situation where it would be like some random thing. I'll never forget the time. And we've had this conversation. I don't know if I said it on this podcast and I told the story, but I'll never forget the mm-hmm. time. Uh, it was around Christmas and I was dating a girl and she was telling me about like five different things that happened to her in one day. Something like her car got repoed. She lost some money. She lost a, a damn. I think I think I noticed. Yeah, she lost a wallet. She lost her name just came to money. Me, she lost. Mad shit in one day. And I was like... She lost She lost her glass slipper. <laughs> she lost everything. And I was like, Max. well, you know, life works up in waves. You know, it's like karma. Sometimes, you know, things are down and sometimes they're up. And I'm not... And I, I think I clarified. I'm like, I'm not saying karma in the sense of like you did something to deserve it. Right. But it's just sometimes, you know, we get bad experiences and negative and it's, it just, it's how we grow. And she was cool. And then two days later, like, was acting weird. And I don't even know if she hit me with the we need to talk. She just started acting silly. And then lo and behold, it's because she got back with an ex. But, like, that's that's Damn. that's definitely what, what uh, you know what I mean? Where they do that at? <laughs> that's what these, uh, you know, we need to talk conversations always turn into, though. It's always some shit like that. Oh Lord, not again! But um, um, yeah. Speaking about not speaking about speaking about not again. Listen, I've been taking the train and the bus religiously since October. Um, before that, I hadn't taken a train and bus since like maybe sometime. Excuse me, early. 2020 like early like when i say early maybe like 20 like maybe early january so you know i'm still getting acclimated to the bus and the train if i do say so my goddamn self it's only been about five six months anyways the bus today i was on i ain't gonna hold you everybody had their face masks on but now it just it made me think like this bus literally got over 50 niggas on it and we all got a face mask on obviously we can't practice social distance so in my mind, I'm like, if we take the face mask off, if the if the bus get too hot, 
and, and crack because the bus was starting to get really hot though. I was like, would a nigga really get mad? Because nigga, we damn near right beside each other ass cheeks. And the train that I was on, not, not, not today, I was on a train on Friday. I was on a train and I seen a woman do something. Actually, I seen a woman do something today too. I was just like, why do people do that? A great poet by the name of the real Untamed Talent said a line in a poem that goes something along. I'm paraphrasing. Why do people see a little spot in the fucking chair of the bench and want to squeeze their little ass in it? There was places on the train for the lady to stand. The lady literally looked at two gentlemen. It was only like a, a space that was small enough for like maybe like a smaller body, uh, a smaller bodied uh, person. And she squeezed in there, but she looked uncomfortable. So I said, let me get this the fuck straight. You knew it was really no more seats left on that bench. But you saw a little slither in between this motherfucker thigh and this motherfucker thigh. One thigh bigger than the other because one dude is scrawny and the other dude is diesel. But you say, you know what? I'm going to fit my little skinny ass in this motherfucker. Did it ever occur to you that, you know what? You could just stand. Because for one... It ain't that deep, too. You know we in the we we you know we in the social distance climate, and I don't think the guy, the diesel guy, was gonna say anything because I thought he looked at it last. Maybe she really wanted to sit, but I think the other guy on on the other side was probably like, "Yo, why is this lady doing this?" Thoughts, comments, concerns. I mean, she obviously had made the she weighed out that sitting was worth more. Than social distancing and anything else. Who knows what type of day she had? She could have been on her feet the entire day, and them shits was 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 throbbing. Who knows? I don't know. Right. But I do think that it it's worth people kind of keeping in mind that we still are in a a panorama. Like we still in this shit. So it's like you know what I mean. I don't know why people want to. Do things like that. I've noticed I've taken a train maybe a few times during the pandemic. Um, and being on the train, I've noticed there be times where it's like, yo, there's mad seats. Why do you mm-hmm. want to sit within a six foot radius of me? Like there, the whole train is empty. You don't got to sit nowhere near me, but you sitting somewhere near me. And I don't understand it. But I've also been the guy that where it's like those seats that are back to back and maybe there's someone sitting in the seat that's on one side of that. And I'd be like, yo, fuck it. I'm sitting down on the other side. Like if that nigga sneeze, he's sneezing in the opposite direction. But I'm tired and I want to take a seat. So, I mean, right. that's, so that's been that, rare. That actually brings me to my next point. This is my theory. I, I know I know. D-Flow said earlier when we jumped into season three, how he's going to jump into his conspiracy bag. There's things that I deliberately do not talk about on the show because I know where we're trying to go. If I start talking, it's like, Yo, get this get this nigga the fuck out of here. This nigga got to go. Um, So I just hold it down. But as COVID starts to, you know, emerge and transform, I'm, lo- I'm just looking at people like, I think I think I really want to go back to school, which I kind of do want to go back to, but I think I'm really going to go back to school and maybe major in, some psychology shit or even just take a few courses because I'm trying to figure out why people do certain things and the good brother XAB could definitely help break it down some more. This motherfucker is educated. You heard me? To greet up. So, I have a theory. Mm. 
and maybe and maybe XAB has the the um the scientific term for it. So my theory is, it doesn't matter if we're in a pandemic. It doesn't matter if it's full blown AIDS outside. Depending on the nature of what's happening to that person in that moment, in that predicament, the full blown AIDS. They have a I don't give a fuck attitude. Whenever that switch gets turned on, it don't matter if niggas is dying in front of them. If they got to breathe the same air that the niggas dying from to, to survive, they're going to breathe it. And I know that was a bit drastic, but that's how dramatic I feel like things have to be. Because I, I feel like sometimes bad things can be happening in front of somebody. And they know right then and there they might be in a position to actually help. But they don't. Because they care about themselves more than actually being the help that particular day. Now, depending on another day, they might want to help. But on that particular day, now, fuck, I'm not helping this nigga. I'm tired. I, I just saved three niggas yesterday. I'm going to let this nigga die. I mean, at the end of the day, we are human. And there is a thing regarding exhaustion and mm-hmm. being selective in terms right. of what we're doing. I mean, sometimes it seems like it may be a moral conflict there but what i'm learning is that everybody's thresholds are different and what my threshold is may not be the same as somebody else's and i may be able to do something nice for somebody a hundred times in a row meanwhile somebody else may only be able to do it two times in a row before they feel exhausted and they feel like they shouldn't have to do it or need to or people know better people should do better I mean, I experience that all the time. I experience my patients being on a different level than other people. And I, I'll hear them say, like, something to me that won't be a big deal or something to me that I consider regular or something to me that I think should be done to them is, like, a big deal. Why the fuck am I doing that? Or I'm not, I'm not putting myself in this position or I'm not X, Y, and Z. And I'm not, I'm not going to fault anybody anymore for that. That is... Their prerogative, their decision, I do think that there are things that we all should aspire to do, right? We see a a person in trouble, we see somebody dying or whatever, you should probably want to help them. But again, everybody's threshold is different. I'm I'm not you, so I don't know if you helped a thousand people before this one person and you just so exhausted and tired, and maybe that last person that you helped spit in your face, punched you in your stomach... Told you to go suck a dick. I don't know. So I can't really fault you for not. But that is something that you will then have to grapple with yourself when you're walking home and you're questioning, damn, I could have really helped that person. And then you see on the news later that night that that person got stabbed 32 times. And if you would have just grabbed them and told them to go the other way, maybe that wouldn't have happened. I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to put anything on people, but sometimes those are the conversations that you have to have with yourself when you do decide not to do what may be right in front of you. But that's that thing, man. That's that thing called, uh, what's that, a self-preservation? Motherfuckers is making sure they are okay before they get in anybody else's way. I mean, that's natural, though. Uh, for for the most part, you got to kind of preserve yourself, and it doesn't negate that you should also look out for other people, but it's, it's natural to make sure that you are good. I mean, what do they say on a plane? Right. You make sure you put your mask on before you help anybody else. And the reason why is oftentimes you do have to make sure that you are in a good spaces, which is why I said what I said earlier. You have to make sure you're in a good space 
before you jump in front and try and help other people. Because if you're not in a good space right. and you try and jump in and help other people, sometimes that leads for you and that person to be fucked up. Because you thought you could you could handle what you thought you could handle and you couldn't. Mm-hmm. And now instead of now you're reaching over the side of the cliff trying to pull them back up, and now the both of y'all are dangling over this fucking cliff. Somebody gonna die if not both of y'all gonna y'all die. Y'all both gonna die. <laughs> when maybe if you both probably gonna die if y'all both dangling over the cliff. Maybe in in another instance you could have said, "Shit, I am not strong enough right now to pick this person up. There's a rope over there. Let me run, go get the rope, so I can really make sure that I'm secure, and then let me grab this motherfucker." But sometimes. We try to take on too much, and it does lead us into negative situations. Now, again, in both those scenarios, you don't see me saying let that person fall off the cliff. What what you do have to do, though, is make sure that you are equipped to handle the situation. And if you're not, then you got to find out another way to do it. Sitting down next Speaking to niggas ain't it, way though. To... <laughs> During the, on the train. What? Sitting down next to niggas on the train ain't it, though. I'll tell you that. Like. Right, right, right. Speaking about finding another way to do it, listen, man, there is no greater, in my opinion, species on, on a, species on the face of this planet that does it greater than women. So, again, big ups and shout outs to every single woman and every person who identifies as a woman in Women's History Month. Big shout out to you. Um, thank you for all your contributions to not just, uh, you know, media, entertainment, politics, the entire world, you know, uh, you know, human beings, you know, um, the evolution. Um, and we have a few... Uh, flowers that we're gonna give out today. Uh, Big yeah, bro? I I had hit up Coco Sarai. Uh, okay, yesterday. which is doing phenomenal. By the way, big shout out to Coco. I know she just dropped a brand new single, and I know that she's busy, so I don't think we'll be able to get her on the call. Um, okay, because she didn't respond, and typically when Coco doesn't respond, I mean she is she's in the studio probably yeah for thirty seven hours. So. Um, Yo, your facts. I'd be like, are you Tupac? Hey, <laughs> are you Tupac? Chicago? Like anybody who knows Coco Sarai knows that her model uh, revolves around earn your sleep, and so yeah, nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, when you can't get she's, in contact with Coco, it. she's earning her sleep somewhere. But what I do want to <laughs> say, I mean, I think it would have been great for us to be able to call her in. But what I do want to do is congratulate her for all of her recent success. She, right mm-hmm. now, ladies and gentlemen, if you go into your Apple Music and you go into the new R&B playlist, which is one of Apple's most streamed playlists, you will see Coco Sarai uh, chiming in at around number eight or so. Um, wow. With, with a really oh, dope shit. single. Um, matter of fact, I guess since we won't get her on the phone... Um, Might as well just bless up the you know bless up the airwaves one time. Yeah, for yeah, it, yeah. Right? Let's let's play a little snippet for people, uh, so that they yeah. kind of get get introduced yeah. to Coco. While, while the big bro gets that uh, uh, situated, you know, make sure you guys follow Coco Sarai. So that's C O C A I S A R A I on Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow her on um, all streaming platforms wherever her music is uh, can be found and played. She's a phenomenal artist, straight out of Brooklyn, New York. And yeah, man, she 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 has a voice, you know, she has talent, and she has an amazing story. Uh, me and X know her personally from back in the day, from just seeing her rise to where she's at now, literally rise to stardom, is is, is beautifully, uh, you know, just amazing to see and to still be in um, talks with her. She did not go Hollywood on us yet. So we still got her with us with, you know what I mean, the black card. We don't have to revoke it yet. But yeah, but, you know, shout out to her and for all that she's done 
uh, for herself and, you know, inspiring other um, girls who are now looking up to her because she is next, ladies and gentlemen. She's next. Yeah, so she's literally ninth on the playlist. And we... Wow. Let's, uh, let's play a little snippet. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Right, because she can sue us now, right? Cause anything that's coming, you can find everywhere. Uh, those closest to me, they don't see what I see. Uh, but what we have in common, best believe it's real. Yeah, so that's Coco Sarai, the name of the song. Is that's 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 kind of hard. Foolish heart. It sounds dope. I know that she's been. That's right, bro. That's radio ready, bro. Oh, yeah. That's radio oh, we ready. We know that's going on the radio. You, you'll be hearing that <laughs> if it's not there already. You'll definitely be hearing that during the summertime. I can see that wow. now. It's going to rise. I, I, I really like the sound of it. It has a little bit of that old um, reggae feel to it mm-hmm. with the new school. Um, and honestly, if I'm keeping it a stack, I just heard this right now. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of some something I would have heard on Lemonade. Not, you know, you know, you know what's crazy? I was thinking Beyonce vibe, but you know, a Beyonce father just killed the other yeah, person last yeah. week over that shit. So, and I don't know, <laughs> but now nah, I got, I got a feel of Lemonade, and not, Beyonce not in vibe, the okay. sense of she sounds like Beyonce because Coco sounds right. like Coco, but in right. the sense of it sounds very clean. Very well produced mm-hmm. and just like a standout track that I could have heard on Lemonade. So I'm excited. And that is nothing more than a compliment. So I'm excited to hear right. um, the new project that Coco, I think she released it already, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. And let's not get it confused, ladies and gentlemen, um, and uh, people who are listening that are of age. All right. If you kids are listening, please, your parents, get them the fuck up out of here. Um Coco has been grinding. She's been putting out singles. Even last year when we was going through, which actually was around this time last year where, you know, black bodies were starting to be slain and the streets started to get fucking hot. And we was already dealing with COVID. Coco's putting out some fire, I would say, like protest demonstration videos as well, voicing her opinion and she weighing in on, on the matter. So let's not get confused. Coco, Coco has been working out here uh, for a minute. You know what I mean? So all of this is just um, to say that this right here, we feel as though, and you know, you guys can chime in too when you guys listen to the episode. This might be the one that takes her over the hump because I think it's her time now. Yeah, I mean, again, Coco's been grinding for a while, and her motto is <coughs> "Earn her sleep." So, earn your sleep for everybody. That's it for her specifically. She's been trying to earn her sleep, and I think that she might be able to catch a couple Z's after this one because it's big fact definitely and, and a couple M's too. Couple M's and couple a couple M's. Z's. <laughs> couple M's in the back, bro. You know what I mean? She about to be on, man. So proud of her. But, uh, you know, again, for Women's History Month, let's highlight another young woman um, that has been with us since the beginning. I didn't tell her that we were going to call her, so I wonder if... I mean, I don't think you tell anybody, bro. You just... Don't you be calling motherfuckers? I mean, I, sometimes I give them a little heads up that, you know what I mean, we might, we might have them slide through a little bit, but... 
Okay. Let's uh, let's see what happens when I call. Cause I don't think Kelly got that notice last week. She just got a call. <laughs> oh no, I I definitely nah nah. She definitely got a call. Just random. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, hold on one second. Again, guys, make sure you guys are streaming and listening to everything Dad has and both times. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. You name it, man. We everywhere. Dad has some both times. Let's see what happens with this one here. Shit always sound like a blonde date. I don't know how you get that. Hello? Kimber, you are live on Dad Hats and Bowties, and we are here to call you and give you your flowers for Women's History Month for being an amazing black queen that has been here since the beginning. Let's give you a round of applause. That's that's the wrong drop. (laughs) Here we go. Kim, how are you doing today? Wonderful. And surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been surprising black women all, all month long. So, uh, you know what I mean? Well, that's a good change instead of, you know, an extra baby or um, whatever. Yo. Yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> surprise babies? That's what we're doing again? Wow. Surprise. Quarantine surprise babies. <laughs> you never know. So, uh. Kim, how has your day been? What have you been up to? We know you are the resident hippie. Um, have you picked any flowers today? Um, no, I haven't. There aren't any growing. You know, it's cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> just been chilling. Distinguished, do you have, cat, apparently. You have <laughs> any uh, thing for the young Kimber? Well, Kimber, first and foremost, you know, thank you for rocking out with us for as long as you have been. Uh, when outside opens up, definitely got to make sure we, uh, you know, put the fucking Power Rangers together. You know what I mean? And and, and get a live show going. Uh, but we do hope that you've been well. Um, you sound good. Um, and we hope that, you know, COVID, despite what it's done to um, all communities and all communities of colors, uh, respectfully, um, hasn't really been too detrimental to you and your family members. Um, and, you know, just keep doing your thing. Uh, would love to see some brand new drawings if you have them. And uh, yeah, man, we, we, we're proud of you and everything that you've done and everything that you will do in the future. You know, Thank you know, it's always love on this side. Thank you. So, Kimber, do you want I'm us down. to give you a fuck boy question before you go? Sure. Why not? All right. Cool. <laughs> what is that? A, 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 a Kimber starter kit after she leaves the show? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dead. So one of the conversations that we're going to get into a little bit later, but I guess we could just start it up now. Um is there's a post going around that says, fellas, have you ever sat and thought that she doesn't listen because you can't lead? What are your thoughts Mm. on that? What? She doesn't listen because you can't lead? Yeah. Or leave? Lead. As in, yeah. Well, Mm. I can't argue there. That's a possibility. Either you can't lead or you're just not saying anything worth listening to in the first place. Yo, um, right. that, it, it could yeah. go a number of ways. 
but so um have you ever been know. in have you ever been in a situation where uh you did not listen you were the little baby that didn't listen because the nigga didn't know how to lead i mean what what like first of all for a lot of us i don't even think this question really applies to our age group a lot of us aren't living together and being put in situations where we have to quote unquote listen you know mm. to me it would be more so conversational um and there are instances where you know if you're not doing things to establish that kind of dynamic then that's what tends to happen but um you know i'm only 28 i'm not really in that in that situation where you know i have like a husband and i and i gotta be like you know babe what should we do like so it doesn't really apply to me do you feel like do you feel like you would have to adapt that mentality if you got married no certainly not but Mm -hmm. um at the same time it's all about what being exposed in the pattern of your dynamic if you have two dominating personalities then there will be a hard time Mm-hmm. You know, with people listening to one another, whereas if you have someone that you're constantly telling them what to do and they never take the initiative or they never, you know, demonstrate that they have the ability to take control, then you very well may never find yourself listening to them. Let me phrase this question to you, Kimber. In in a relationship dynamic, whether you live with the person or not, whether you've been with them for six months or six years, is Kimber the more alpha or is Kimber the more beta? Why or why not? Um, hmm. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I can be alpha if needed, but I feel like, uh, you know, I take on a more traditional kind mm. of role in my relationships. At least I'd like to. So I do my best to allow my partner that room to take the lead and be the alpha. So I'd say So preferably you like to be beta. Yeah, I'd like to be. Okay. I'd like to be. But it's not always possible. Right, right. I mean naturally right, 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 there, right. there are gonna be aspects where it switches a little bit. Um definitely. But you from what you're saying, you you feel more secure in the in being beta, which I do feel like is a common um feeling. I think amongst women um, that I've at least spoken to and I, some of it may be traditional, but some of it I think is definitely just part of, I guess, an expected, which still goes to traditional, but an expected <laughs> dynamic that does make sense in some areas. So it's not Ultimately, just. I feel like a lot of these questions kind of stem from a place of feeling alienated or not feeling valued Mm. you know like we're all hoes that want to be counted at the end of the day so if we're not doing things to establish that then all of these other things start happening where we're finger pointing and we're trying to figure out why we're not listening to each other and why we don't feel this way why women don't like this why men don't like that right and it's really just about liking each other enough and actually caring about each other enough at some point to be willing to listen and trusting the person to lead you. But we don't really have that anymore. You know, you bring up a really good point. um, And that is dating who you like. 
when you date people that you like, you end up giving them so much more grace. Sometimes mm. so much so that it's negative and they walk all over you. But if they like you too, you find yourself in a happy medium where the things that you don't like, you're able to work through and the things that you, you do like, you're able to encourage. But what I've noticed is that only happens when you actually like somebody. Like if you actually want to date them, you actually want to want to be in a space where you're, you're kind of nurturing the relationship. If any partner at any time doesn't feel like they're in that same space, that is oftentimes where the, like you said, finger pointing and also the disappointment comes from. Right. And you also have to like yourself too. Amen to that. If you don't like yourself, then when someone else tries to treat you the way they think you should be treated, you're going to eventually resent them for it because you're looking at them like, I ain't shit. Why is this person so nice to me? Mm -hmm. Why do they still care about me? Why are they trying so hard? So, you know. And subconsciously, you're trying to prove to them that you ain't shit. So you, you do shit. Kimber. That part. We love you. Thank you again for being one of the main staples of dad hats and bow ties. Um, like this thing we said, we will definitely be setting something up in the near future. And yeah, it's Women's History Month. Well, thank you so much. I love you guys too. And I'm looking forward to the future as always. All right, love. Take care. All righty, Kim. Take care. All right. You know, keeping on the tradition. But let's get back to that conversation from uh, a nigga standpoint because, <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> we did it from the women's history yeah, standpoint. No, Say, so, all right. But we gave you your piece. Back to the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Distinguish. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like a woman didn't listen or heed anything that you had to say because they felt you couldn't leave? You know, when I first read it, I don't know why. I I guess it's because in this fucking like single limbo and then like looking at what you're doing now and like I'm looking back like I wasn't even the same person. Like before I answer it, just to say this, like I was with Philly the other night. Shout out to my guy Philly. And I was like, yo, Philly, you know how chicks be like, niggas talk about they used to date me. Nah, nigga, you ain't date me. I'm a new bitch. And I was like, well, fuck that, nigga. If they if that's how they feel, I feel the same way now. Like, you never just you never dated me. Mm. I'm a whole different guy. Like dead ass. I'm a whole different guy. And it, and and it's not to say I quote unquote changed drastically. No, I changed gradually. Like I added some things that was always there, but I fine-tuned it a little bit and I started doing things that if I was a woman, I would accept that from my partner. So to now answer the question, I'm going to just put it like this. I think that I, in most of my relationships, didn't have to say I'm quote-unquote going to lead because I am always the one, if not the only one, who is the most outrageous in terms of let's do this or you know, most adventurous and... I learned that even in the little bit of money that I had, I still was trying to make fun of what the experience could have been because you don't need money to quote unquote, make somebody laugh. And you don't not need to not have money to make somebody laugh. 
you just got to be yourself. You got to always bring your best self to whatever it is that situation is, especially in a relationship dynamic, because that's if you want to still be with that person as each following day passes, then you got to come up with ways to entertain them, especially if they get bored easily. And you got, and you know me, I'm a fucking clown. I'm a circus. <laughs> so true. I feel like it's my job and duty to kind of keep the fucking party going. Even if a lot of niggas left, especially the niggas who left early, I got to stay to the end. This is a fact. <laughs> so with that being said, for me, I think just off rip, ladies, correct me if, if I'm wrong. I feel like when most women see me and quote unquote find interest in me, most of the time they see me in a suit. So it's like the suit already is doing something to them. Like, okay, this nigga look good or whatever, or he looked like he got his shit together. The other thing is when I start talking about what the fuck I do, because there's a million and one things I do. You you know this because you're my best friend. Like You know this shit. So, and then I think the last piece is trying to find them now, speaking for the woman, trying to find, okay, how do I fit in this nigga's life and his lifestyle? Mm-hmm. He's a community person. He's an artist. He's a poet. He travels. He he do a wild ass podcast. He do shit in the community. He's a published author. He be traveling out of state doing shows. He be doing soup kitchens. He be giving driving. Like, how do I fit? Because now I'm slightly feeling intimidated. Like he might be too much. I like him, but he might be a lot. So I'ma downplay it by saying, yo, it's a lot. Or you might pick out little shit, and then in your head you might tell yourself, this nigga can't lead me. Because he's all over the place. He's doing too much shit. Which I've also heard. He's he, he just doing a lot. I mean, yeah, I think... <laughs> this is a loaded question, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like there are multiple layers to it. I feel like a lot of times, if a woman isn't listening to you, it's because mm-hmm. she may not respect you in the space that you believe you should be listened to from. Respect is like the number one key in what you just said. So continue. Like, if you think you deserve her romance, but she doesn't think you deserve her romance, and you constantly are asking her on dates, you're constantly in her inbox, you're constantly being flirtatious, and you're not getting that response back. It's not that she's not listening. It's not that she's not paying attention. And this is kind of metaphorical, but realistic at the same time. Y'all got to, I hope y'all are listening. Like, I'm I'm taking a real life scenario. We potting tonight, y'all. We potting, <laughs> as X would say. That, like, is, is what happens. And I'm using a little bit of wordplay. But a lot of times niggas will, will be, I just had one of my friends tell me a situation where this guy just came back into her life. And just right. automatically just assume that they were talking romantically. And she never oh, gave the inkling that she was ever even interested in, in him at any point in time. So it's like you're making this assumption and you're making all these flirty comments. You're right. throwing heart eyes. You're saying sexual innuendos. And you haven't even heard from this person if they're in, even on that type minute. of time right. with you. And so what that tells a young woman is that they don't have to listen to you because you're living in your own fantasy. You're not even mm. in a space where you can listen to her or, I mean, or rather they can listen to you because what you're seeing as reality is not their reality. Now, that being said, I do think there are situations um, outside of respect 
where, again, but I think respect is kind of closely attached to it too. If I have seen you fuck up the finances 10 times in a row, Mm-hmm. And now you're going to tell me that you want to lead us in a financial to a financial destination? I'm going to have questions. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to sit here and just be like, "Okay." You might want to see you might want to see the car facts. Like, "Yo, show me um a uh, one consecutive bill you paid for the last 6 months." Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. What's your credit score today? <laughs> like I'm if I didn't watch you, actively watch you fuck up the bread several times and then I either was affected by it or we were right. affected by it, or I was affected by seeing you affected by it, and now you're like, oh, yeah, I got this this dope financial scheme I want us to get in on. I'm not just going to jump in on it, If you know what I'm saying? So I can see that being a scenario where a woman will lose trust, and as Kimber said, I think a lot of women kind of want some of that taken off of that responsibility of, leading in certain areas taken off of them right 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 like in let's say home improvement some women if they got a man sitting right there might look and be like i don't want to lead this project doesn't necessarily mean they don't want to be a part of it but you're biologically stronger and bigger so she might be looking at you like all right my nigga i'll hold the nails but you gotta hammer this shit in that's it. They don't want to be sitting there hammering the shit in and you there holding the instructions, right? Like that may be a turnoff for some women. And so they True. don't want to lead in certain spaces. And I just think that a lot of it just kind of is a connected to respect, but also connected to what you've done in the past. And if you've proven to be listened to, and that's really what it is. Right. Now, my question is, do women have to prove to be listened to as much as men have to prove to be listened to. No. And I mean, that's where the double standard lies. And I also think that's kind of where these kind of where we kind of have these divides at times. Right. Cause men are like, we tired of, we're tired of being told we need to take on everything and then still not being respected for taking on everything. Like Mm. a lot of men feel that way. Whether you agree with it or not, it's the truth. A lot of men feel like, especially when they're dating, in the dating phase, we're taking you out. We're paying. We're picking the spots. We're picking what date to go to. We're presenting all these things to you. We have to deal with if you like it or not. Um, And Mm. you not offering anything to let us know what you really like. We just have to pick it and hope that you like it. And then if you don't like it, now we got to mitigate that on, on said date or whatever the case is. And so I do feel like a lot of men feel like, yo, a lot of responsibility, especially again with dating, is on the man. And then at the end of the day, we still don't get some form of leading or having to be listened to. Um, And I think that some men are are tired about tired of, of that type of scenario. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like personally, the 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 extreme exhaustion of the output by far has always and possibly will always be on the man until i feel like women i feel like women are getting very close to it by the way until women feel like they're not just getting equal pay they're not just getting the same type of positions like men and they're not running the companies 
just like men have been, if not better. But until they feel like they actually own something that they can say, yo, we've mastered this whole thing fully. Now we could go back to kind of playing fair. But until we actually get out just do, y'all niggas ain't shit. Even if we fucked you at an ain't shit level and you gave us a baby, you still ain't shit if it don't work out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a interesting <sighs> dynamic um, when it comes to listening. But then I guess I'll add this one counterpiece. Um, right. Because I know there's probably some women at home that are like, there were a time where all women had to do was listen to men. Was listen. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there was a time where you, unfortunately, would be hurt if you didn't listen to your man. And that and that time still is kind of prevalent today. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely still prevalent. Even even if he don't physically touch you, he could probably do something that could fuck shit up for you. And so, and from that perspective, in that instance, I get it. But as Kimber kind of alluded to, in order for you to be in a healthy situation, eventually you have to like feel like that person that person that you're with or that person that you're interacting with deserves your respect, mm-hmm. deserves your love, and deserves mm-hmm. for you to like them. Cause if you Yeah, you ain't got that, man. If you dating you niggas up. that you don't like, and that goes on both sides because that tends to be the problem. When niggas don't like the girl that they're dating, they won't go the extra mile. They won't nope. take you on the proper date. They won't spend the proper amount of money. They they won't put their best foot forward. They'll give you a half a half ass version of themselves, and that's because they only want a half ass version of you. That's because they that's may, they may just want to fuck. That's because they may just be passing their time. That's because maybe they don't even know what value you bring but into their lives. Sometimes the chicks dead want to fuck the nigga that they don't really like, but they want that nigga to do more than the nigga that they do like. Sometimes it's that too. And and so, we podding tonight, man. Sometimes, you know what I mean? That's what the dynamics are. That's what the dynamics are given. And with that being said, it's kind of like when we're in those situations, of course you're gonna come across a fuck nigga and a fuck girl. Of course you're gonna find just you're not dating people that you actually like. You have another motive. You saw this beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. You had a couple of conversations, but from Rip, you knew all you wanted to do was fuck. Or from Rip, you put at the forefront that you wanted to fuck. So what do you do? Instead of you actually, you don't you don't even know if you like her on another level. You just know that she's someone you want to fuck. So what do you do? And what's the what's the first date? Yo, you want to go get some drinks? Because you're trying to sauce her up and see if she's going to want to fuck like you want to fuck. Instead of you actually and- thinking about, yo, what's a dope date? To take this person on because you don't even know what she would want to go to because you didn't even do the research. And I'm going to just say one thing and then we can move on to the next topic. And that's why I did something a while ago. um, And we cool because I didn't, you know what I mean? I feel like she was waiting for me to do something about it because she was just like, yo, like if you said that that's what you like, then we going to see type shit. I took a young lady out last year that I was in the middle. Like, I didn't really know if I liked her. And I didn't really know if I just wanted to smash. So, for me, I internalized it as I was, like, high-key infatuated. But because I know she's about her business and she about, you know what I mean, actually trying to build with a nigga, I'm just like, I'm going to have to take her on one date. And after how I feel, not how she feel. Because she didn't ask me. I asked her. After how I feel, that'll let me know 
how serious I might need to take this. And the date was cool. I actually went all out for the date, by the way. Not in terms of like loca- the 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 location was more like you know a, a bar slash like hookah spot. Um, but in terms of like doing what I did, I dressed up. You know what I mean? Decked out. I cleaned the fucking vehicle inside and out. I put extra extra shine on the fucking car. I put extra uh um cleaning shit inside of it to make it open the door for her dad was in the fucking window. She's like, "Yo, my dad," and I was like, "I want him to see this." <laughs> Like I, I want him, I want him to see that this that this still happens. Yeah, in 2020. So long story short, did it, and we still cool because I realized after the day, at least for me, I'm not fully ready to be like, yo, I kind of want to see where that goes. It was just more like I needed to know if it was I liked her, liked her, or if it was just infatuation. And we still, and I think sometimes that's what both men and women should start doing. Maybe just that one date and then probably just let it just be that one fucking date so that you kind of know what it is that you want or what it is that you don't. And then also give that person an opportunity because after the date, she's like, it's cool. I mean, I never really thought you looked at me that way before because I've been knowing her for years. I never approached her on a level. But I was just like, I ain't going to hold you to like I told her this too. This might have been wild to say, but I said it. I was like, Yo, I don't know if it's just because the way that I'm like in love with how like thick women body looks because I've always dated thick women it could have been that and I was like but you're also about your business so I don't know if I could be dealing with you and then you dealing with me and then I'm doing my business you're doing yours and our schedules might be I was like I don't know and at the same time it could just really be I'm taking you on this date because I think you just look fucking bad I mean and that's that was gonna be my only point <laughs> is I think a lot of us get what we're attracted to Confused with liking somebody Yeah Attraction is one part of liking somebody Am I attracted to how you carry yourself Am I attracted to your physical looks Am I attracted to what you do That's one aspect of things Mm -hmm. Liking somebody Is a bit of a different scenario And that has a lot to do With the energy Do I feel comfortable with this person Do we enjoy each other Is there uh, is this experience more than me trying to meet a a objective or motivation? And because with attraction, attraction can lead to motivation, right? I'm a, right. I'm physically attracted to you, so I want to fuck. That's the that's the destination I would like for us to ultimately come to. And if I gotta pretend to like you to get to that destination, I'm gonna do it. That's right. what a lot of niggas say to themselves, and just keeping yeah. it a stack. Right, a lot of niggas tell themselves, "Oh, I'm attracted to this person, and I know that being attracted isn't enough. Um, so I'm going to pretend I like shows that I don't like. Pretend I want to do this. Pretend I want to do that. And mm-hmm. then maybe that will lead to her feeling like she wants to fuck. And that's what ends up happening. Now, when <clears throat> we talk about liking somebody, it's not that fucking." isn't on your mind but fucking just isn't the motivation the motivation is finding out how much more you like this person or getting to a space where it's like all right like i like this person so much i only want to spend my time with this person and and in single with a girlfriend's case with this group of people i only want to spend my time with with these like individuals um and not really concerned about spending my time at least romantically, 
in a in a space of like with anybody else. I don't need to if I want to, uh, I guess. But it's there's not a necessi- necessity there for me to do that because I don't feel like I found the one, or I didn't feel like I found someone that I actually like. And so, right, we kind of right. have to just find a space where, and I think sometimes it is a one date situation with no motivation. That's the main right. part. Just seeing how much you like this individual. Going on a date, having conversations. Um, and I will say, you know me, I don't like the phone. But I was speaking to a friend and she said that's one of the reasons why she likes the phone. Is she said through phone conversations, you can learn so much about an individual without meeting them. Or well, without having to meet them. And mm. she was like, it's not that meeting them isn't a an integral part, right? Because it is, but when we think about it, if you go on dates, I could show up on a date any version of myself that I need to be on that date. I can dress the way I think the girl wants me to dress. I could take her to a spot where I think she wants to go or I know she wants to go. I could talk that talk all night long, but I've prepared for this. I've prepared for this date. So I'm in a space where I'm, it's like game time. I didn't practice, 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 and now it's time to go into the mm-hmm. game. If that's it, if she calls me randomly, nigga, I could be in the tub. I could be on my way to work. I could be sitting on the couch watching my favorite show. And depending and depending on how she call you, because you know she could Facetime you too, right? I could be and that and that adds a different layer to the conversation. I could be home with my wife and two kids, but told her that I was single and I don't got that. Yo, yo. <laughs> and so through that, she was saying, like, when you call somebody, it just adds another layer of getting to know if they're telling you the truth about who they are. And also, again, you can have certain conversations that then lead up to, you know what? I do want to spend some physical in-person time with this person. Now, I don't I don't think like that. So that was a super interesting breakdown of the phone for me because I put personality to text messages. I just, that's just how I do it. Um, and the phone, as y'all know, is just not a big thing, but um, that actually kind of added some perspective to using the phone. Okay. Well, hopefully you start to use the phone more this year, young man. Hate that shit. In your relationship dynamics. Hate that shit. But what I didn't hate this year, surprisingly, was the Grammys. I don't know if you saw any of it. No, you know, I was working all week and I didn't see that shit. So, it wasn't it it wasn't a total letdown. Um it's obvious that they're trying to lean more on black artists. Uh they had Cardi to save B it, to save their entire shit. <laughs> yeah. They had Cardi B and Meg perform. I was slightly uncomfortable during the performance, not because of what they did. I loved what they did. I just felt like that audience, I don't know how they're going to respond and I was I'm just waiting for all of the negative reviews about the sexuality that was displayed on stage. They did try to clean it up. What song? What song did they do? Uh, Meg started it off with Up. I mean, not Up. My fault. Meg started it off with Savage. And then it it switched to Cardi. Um, Cardi did Up. And then they came together and did WAP. Why did they do WAP? (laughs) Listen, WAP is... Oh, now they should have never did WAP. I think WAP is five times platinum or some shit like that right now. So really, yeah, WAP is up there. So wait, bro, that record is five times Something platinum, like bro. That, four or five times platinum, bro. 
Yo, it's crazy, bro. That's serious money. That's serious, bro. It's crazy. And that, wow. and they said, they said that that was in six months. It's it's five or four times platinum in six months. Crazy. So they were like, it's outpacing Bodak Yellow in terms of because you know Bodak just hit ten times Bodak, platinum. Yeah. So right. they're saying it, it looks like it's gonna outpace it because um, it took wow. Bodak what a couple years. But anyway. Yeah. yeah, I was just uncomfortable because, you know, white America doesn't get some of that shit. And no, no, especially the slang. Oh, we got mad slang that even, yo, I be hearing slang every day. I be like, yo, who made this up? And the niggas be like, somebody black. And I'm just like, for real? Because I don't even know what the fuck this shit mean. But it did make me feel like we just need a black Grammys. We need something that is of okay. the same caliber that a black institution has put on where it feels elegant and upscale in the cream of the crop because that's kind of what the Grammys represents. But it kind of understands the culture more because some of the performances, although they were dope, it just felt like these people ain't going to get it. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not going to understand. Like Little Baby did an amazing performance. Um, and he spoke about police brutality. And he had Tamika Mallory... Uh, do a speech oh, wow. during the performance, and he had Killer oh, wow. Mike on the verse on one of his verses. Oh, so, okay. Shout out to Killer Mike. Yeah, for the Grammys, like he had them come out for the Grammy. I thought that was really dope. Um, who else had a dope thing? We know that Nas got a Grammy. His first fourteen nominations, his first Grammy in his entire musical catalog. Wow. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If I'm a, if I'm a keeper, the Nas been Nas been out since the '90s. So I don't know, kid. I and I, I'm a huge Nas fan, and uh, it breaks my heart to know that he got a Grammy on a record on for 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 uh, he got he got it for the album, album. King's Disease. Yeah, King's Disease. <sighs> I don't know because Nas got so many dope fucking albums before that. I don't know, man. I. I don't know if they were just like, all right, let's finally give the singer this shit. I don't know if it was that or if they really felt like King's Disease deserved it. Now, I can't speak. I can't even speak on King's Disease because I've only heard two records off of that entire project. So I can't even speak on that um, album. I can't. I mean, it was a um, it was a cool album. I, I also think the field was kind of, you know what I mean? It was Jay Electronica, Freddie Gibbs, Royce the Five Nine, and D-Smoke. Those are all dope artists, but those aren't like the mainstream names that we're used to. So when you put a Nas up against Jay Electronica, Freddie Gibbs, Royce the Five Nine, and D Smoke, Nas is gonna should beat those those names out in terms. Shout of, out to D Smoke for even being fucking nominated. God shout damn, out to all these artists for moving. being nominated because being Freddie Gibbs, Freddie Gibbs being nominated is a big <laughs> thing. Royce the Five Nine, he Royce the Five Nine been out here cooking since fucking Eminem. Didn't even know his name was Eminem. That's yet. a fact. So <laughs> I mean, shout out to all these artists, but I would presume that Nas would win. But I also feel like again, we all that's the problem with the Grammys right now is it feels too political, and yeah. I could easily see this being if we don't give Nas a Grammy before this man dies, like we yeah yeah, yeah. we then did ourselves a disservice. So shout out to that and, man. I, w- I would love just to also add, it would be interesting if Nas did an interview and not on no cocky shit, Nas say, yo, I should have been got a Grammy for an album that came out 10 years ago or an album that came out five years ago. But I get a Grammy in the state and pandemic of the world and in in, 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 in in like where we are. But then knowing Nas, he might say rightfully so. I mean, the name of the album is called King's Disease. What the fuck is everybody dying from? 
This is true. Uh, <laughs> Kanye tied Jay, and we'll get into some more Kanye talk in a second. Definitely will. So, matter of fact, let's come back to, to Kanye and Jay. Uh, we have to talk about Doja Cat as a performer at this point in time. I know that she. I, hit- I, did, I, I, I didn't see the performance, so what exactly was it about? I know that we've been giving Doja a lot of slack for some of the shit she didn't said uh, in her past and whatever. But when we talk about performers, whether we're talking about up and coming or next up or whatever mm-hmm. have you, Doja is up there. Doja's performing really? like Lady Gaga and Beyonce. She's putting wait, that wait, type wait, of wait, effort wait, 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 what? Doja is performing the way she performed at that Grammys. She is performing not at the same level. I'm not saying that she, because Beyonce clearly is the best performer of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, she's the top of the food chain. But in terms of going ham and this is about her third performance where she killed it. Yeah, she's 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 going to be What about it that made you say, damn, like, she's up there. She 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 captivates. She cap she captivates you. Her dancing ability, her singing, and the way she puts her performances together, top notch. You could tell that she's putting a lot of effort into making sure that these performances aren't just like, all right, I'm doing performances, it. Performances, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it just because I got a Grammy slot. No, she's like, I'm coming for whatever crown it is that I want to come for, and I'm mm. on my way to it, and I want to let all you motherfuckers know that I'm on my way to it. I may not get it this time, but... Next time, I'm going to get it. And this is coming from a girl that's first song, I guess, is Bitch, I'm a Cow. So, Right, the shit that made her viral. But I feel like like looking back at her doing that, that was definitely a political ploy. And we fell into it. I mean, it worked. I don't know if she knew it was going to work. It, it worked. But it worked. But with that being said, we, we invoked the queen's name, so we must talk about her. Beyonce has the most Grammy wins of all time. Of all time. Of all time, it's, of all time, it's, 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 it says a lot, man. It says a lot. Chloe, you got a lot of work to do if you <laughs> if you plan on Yo, if you plan on. You just put the gun. They'll put the gun away. I'm just Yo, saying, Chloe, you got a lot of work if you that? plan on catching up because uh, it ain't looking good. It ain't looking good. Although, again, I think that Chloe is talented and could be, you know, could. Could hold down the idea of being Beyonce's protege. My my opinion, we will never have another Prince. We will never have another Michael Jackson. We will have versions. Right. But somebody actually doing like Bruno Mars even said it. Like there would be no Bruno Mars if there was no James Brown. That's what he said. He said that in an interview. You said it. There's nobody I, that is, I don't know. Never say never, never, but. Never say never, but right this second. Listen, Beyonce been doing this shit. She going in, she going into 30 years of this shit at this point. She's literally going into 30 dip, years. She wants some chips with the dip. Right. Um, We will never see another Beyonce, I don't think, for the next 50 years. We're not, we're not, the, the Beyonce knows, we're not getting that back. Uh, Sean, Jay-Z, Carter, we're not getting that right now. Uh, and we got to give it to this nigga who we're going to talk about later on too. Aubrey, Drake, Graham. We're not going to get another Drake, y'all. I'm letting y'all know that now. 
This nigga letting me know he's Billboard King. He figured it out. This album, Certified Lover Boy, when it come out, boy, oh boy. Yeah, Drake is doing shit boy, oh that. No, no know rapper has point. done. No rapper. Nobody. Nobody has nobody. No- right. No, no, but no, no ably walking, talking, breathing, huh, huh, body. And if and if you don't know what we're talking about, Drake right now is occupying one, two, <sighs> and three on the top one hundred billboard <laughs> charts. And he has three songs on that project. at at the same time. And the project was only one, two, and three, three right. songs. Yo. I don't know what to tell you at this point. I don't know what to tell y'all. I don't. Silk Sonic is out at the same time. So you can't say there's nobody else to compete with with a name. Bruno right. Mars and the Anderson is Pat are a super group, and these niggas have not cracked one, two, and three because Drake is on top of one, two, and three. That shit is crazy. That don't make no sense. It don't make no fucking Drake, sense. When Drake said... That that reference in the song that was like, um, I'm not trying to find nobody else to be. I'm the one that they need. But oh, believe, be, be, believe this man when he says he's one, two, and three. Yeah, stop playing with that man. Y'all niggas yeah, need to he, stop he, playing with that man. That, right. that At this point in time, <laughs> stop playing with this man. This nigga is, <laughs> is doing shit. We don't even need to talk about him no more. Uh, like, right, like we we might have to ban ourselves to talk about Drake for like right. for like three weeks because this nigga been wilding like like lemon pepper freestyle <laughs> once Lord. it needs and what's the fucking other one? What's next? What's Which next? is the first single? My nigga, and 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 <laughs> let's keep it a stack. Those aren't even Drake's best works. No, They're not no. What's What's next reminds me of it could have been what God's plan was, which I think to date God's plan is still Drake's biggest record of all time. Of all time, because <laughs> it was God's plan. <laughs> the, the record was so big, he was giving away a million dollars in the video. Come on, man, what are we talking about? What are we talking? Yo, y'all gotta stop playing on Drake's name. That's it. I'm I'm getting off of Drake, right? Because right. we'll be here on this man for forever. Back to Beyonce. Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Is fucking killing her and Blue got a Grammy last night. Oh wow! Blue okay. got her first Grammy. We don't know when the next one is coming, but she got her first before. I think she's nine years old. Um, the the only the the, the only protege, and now it's really gonna be Blue Ivy Carter. We we don't know if she's gonna be a rapper or a singer yet. We don't know. We don't know. But she got the DNA she might be, of both. She, 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 might be the, she might be the triple package, though. Rapper, singer, and fucking producer. We don't know They that. might turn her into a label exec. That's what I see. They might. She become a label exec. We talking different money. <laughs> we talking Jay-Z different Jay-Z is getting bag. all the information that he needs right now, looking like Basquiat while doing it. And mm-hmm. he is setting Blue up to really run some shit. That's what I see. That's what I see. Kanye finally has tied Jay-Z. Um, mm. And my question, though, is do you think that this will make him feel whole to some extent? Yeah. Because we know um, he's been chasing Jay his entire life. Yeah. Uh, Kanye said on his third album, Graduation, on the last record, Big Brother, um, 
The line goes, New Jack City got to keep my brother, but to be number one, I'm going to beat my brother. He always lets you know when a lot of his different records, his albums, he's trying to beat the nigga who he thinks is the nigga. And now he's caught up to the nigga. He actually probably think he surpassed the nigga. Like, I'm right, bro, me and you, we, I'm looking at you in your face now. Me and you got the same type of numbers. Now, I put, I put up the same numbers on the board. Yeah, I think that's how Kanye feels, even though yeah. one did it looking like a superstar and the other kind of tripped and slipped and fell into it. Right, right. And Kanye got a Grammy for what exactly? For the Jesus gospel King? album. Oh, oh, Jesus is King. Yeah. he got. It wasn't for rapping. It was uh, the best Production? something gospel project. To me, it was a political Grammy. I don't really... Okay. I don't I don't know what other gospel albums came out, but I can guarantee that they sounded better than that. <laughs> uh yeah, because for me that was more of an experimental gospel because that's not even your traditional gospel project. It was experimental. If you keep it, at it wasn't mixed and mastered that well. It it didn't have it could have been a better project. Let me let me not say Man. it didn't have, but it could have been a if I was to executively produce it, I could have made that shit a better project. So this is probably why Kirk Franklin was fucking wilding out too, man. The church is in fucking flames right now. What the fuck going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm saying like <laughs> there had to be other gospel artists that are killing right now that dropped the project. And and it sounded better than that because Jesus is King did not sound good. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure people, there were songs on there, but as a total body of work, I listened to that shit maybe three times just to kind of see if I could like it and was like, nah. Nah, this is I'm cool. Right. With that. He's like, yeah. No. So, um, but this does lead into this divorce situation that Kanye is in. And let's have a toast to the douchebags. Let's have a toast to the assholes. <laughs> he's the definition of those two lines right there in his record runaway. He by the way. So right now he's saying that Kim can only contact him through their security. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but you did mention he was a douchebag. Do you feel like this is petty or this is a process of healing? Because sometimes with hard relationships, you know what I mean? You break up and it's hard for you to have conversations if you didn't want the breakup to happen. So sometimes I can see those conversations being hard and he'd rather deal with somebody else so that it doesn't become a, a crazy back and forth maybe. But, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, you know me, I automatically looked at it and said, this nigga's mad petty for this shit, but... I am trying to right. kind of look a little deeper behind the curtain and say, all right, maybe if I was in a situation where I really love somebody and right. we had to break up and maybe I wasn't the one who wanted to break up. And now we, what people don't understand is divorce is very communicative. You have to stay in conversations with this person that you're now saying you don't want to romantically be. Especially if you got kids with. If you got kids with them, bro, it's. Nigga, you're not even really divorced. You just divorced on paper. In real life, you still got to pick up the phone or something happened to your child and your ex-wife can't, you know what I mean, is not in a position, or whoever the guardian is can't do anything about it. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's never really over. I mean, it's over on paper in terms of marital status in real life because you got kids and they probably got some money investments and maybe a business that we don't... Potentially nigga, joint. you got to work all of that out. So you're going to be in contact with this person for a long period of time now. If you're Regardless. Still, you're still hurt. I guess maybe contacting through security becomes a better option. How do you feel? I think speaking 
from a place where most relationships that I've been in, I did not want to end it. So if I did end a relationship, it's because I really felt like it wasn't going anywhere. Not necessarily this person is not good enough for me. I felt like it wasn't going anywhere because it just felt like the growth was just being stifled. Now, relationships that I did not want to end, speaking from that um, place is, over time, with therapy, with looking back at what I did or didn't do, looking back at um, what the person did and what I feel like they didn't do, and then the reality of it, all of the time in between, the time that we were not together. I respect people more for wanting to end it, not to say they didn't want to be with me or want to still be in a relationship. Maybe they looked at themselves and was like, this is actually not a relationship I belong in. Not saying that I don't belong with this person, but this relationship of what this shit has become, yeah, I personally can't see myself in it, so I'm calling it fucking deuces. Mm. And that's now how I look at when people end things with me. Absolutely. And I think that for me, I can only speak from my perspective, I think that that's a, that's a mature way of dealing with a breakup. You can't, can, you can't do anything else. But right. oftentimes, the mature way isn't the first way that we handle things when we really, really, really like something or someone and we don't want it taken away from us. So when we we really like somebody and they're talking about, nah, they don't want to be in this space with us anymore. I can see where Kanye is lashing out, but I think that is the piece that we need to keep in mind is that he is lashing out to some extent by trying to make it seem as if, well, guess what? You can only contact me through security. Like telling her that is trying to invoke something out of her. Hell yeah, hell Eating yeah. that is a different thing because I do think at the same time he may need that. He may need to not have any, be able to hear her voice, see her face for a while. Maybe it's too painful for him and he's a very emotional nigga. So I could see that yeah, being yeah, facts, facts. very painful for him to see this woman that he's still in love with who has made the decision that she is not with the shits no more and being like, damn, like, I'm going to say or do some stupid shit because I'm going to try and get her back. And I know that she's serious this time. She don't want me back. And he'll do some dumb shit. So, you know, what's best for us. Let's let's speak through security or let's speak through other people and not speak. Like I said, last year, we're going to hear about it soon. Last year, Kim knew she was going to divorce Kanye West in 2021. Last year, during the pandemic, Kim was like, I'm going to get all of my other shit together. Not my money. My money's fine. My money's going to be fine until all of my fucking kids are old and gray and dead. I'm talking about my mental, my education, my political, my verbal, my writing, my social, and my spiritual. And that's, and that's what I think Kim fucking did. That's what I think Miss Kim Kardashian um, Wes, who will be dropping the West soon. I think that's what she did. 
she was getting a whole other part of herself that she found or rediscovered or uh, stepped into together and was like, yeah, once I get that grounded, I'm out of here. My money's already good. I mean, I'm absolutely. She was already talking about she supported Biden when Kanye was on the ballot. So he he he, he should have known that right then At and that there. Like, At that point in time, she already you, knew. You do what you want to do, but I'm not going to ruin my career and myself and whatever else. Supporting right. your shenanigans past a certain point. Like, maybe if we get to a position where it actually looks like it's viable, maybe I'll throw my... Then I'll, I'll, I'll reconsider, right? Yeah, but un- until then, nigga, I'm going to do something that I think is actually going to be in line with, with certain <laughs> things and change things that I want to change. Speaking of change, Versus is now part of Triller. They yeah, sold I seen it. that last week. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. What don't you know about it? What, how do you feel? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, what's crazy is I feel like D-Flow called this. I feel like D-Flow definitely said it was going to sell it. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said that on, a, on an episode last year as we were talking about, like, what's the fate of Versus? Because at one point we were like, Versus is, is changing. And then um, we were also saying, well, they got to come up with something else to kind of make it more, you know, as people start to go back outside, what are they going to do? And they sold it to Triller. Now, I'm interested to know what was the conversation before the deal went through. And I also would like to know who actually said, yo, we should just sell it. Was it Timbo? Was it Swiss? Was it both of them? Well, from my understanding, what happened was they had a deal with Apple for 10 episodes of Versus. So when we seen Versus jump on the Apple, they had built out some type of contract. That contract came to an end with the D'Angelo versus, which to me was trash. I didn't watch it fully. I I don't even remember that one. Damn. Yeah, it it wasn't promoted that well in the sense of like versus did their part, but I I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. And um, it came and went. The rumor is it was supposed to be D'Angelo and uh, Maxwell. Was supposed to be. Oh wow! That okay. That was supposed to be the verses, but something must have happened, and it ended up just being D'Angelo. Um. So, so it was basically a free show of just D'Angelo. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. He had a couple of people come out. Um. There's speculation that Timbo and Swiss did it that way just to get out of the contract. They didn't want to wait oh, and postpone. Shit. They just wanted to get out of the contract. And now it makes sense okay. because clearly they were in conversations with Triller and oh, yeah. Apple apparently didn't deliver on what they wanted and Triller did. And now we're here where they have sold it, but they're still part of Versus. Because remember, right. when, when you sell to a bigger company, like let's say Costco's takes over Rite Aid or something like that. Rite Aid is still Rite Aid. And sometimes the executives still stay for Rite Aid. But it's just that now there's some contract now where they're part of Costco's. Um, And so that's kind of what's happening here. They're still part of Versus. They still call some shots in Versus. Um, But now they also have equity in Triller, which is a bigger entity than Versus. Um, But some people are still saying that they sold out. Do you feel like that's a sell? Um. Do I feel like they sold out? Because it's not black-owned anymore, technically. Um, yes and no. 
no first because they gave us something. They gave us a product. And we, watching it, we made it hot. Not them. We made it popular. Then we actually made it the wave. That was the entire summer wave. We were looking forward to... We, right. we was looking forward to the verses right. like it was a new movie dropping every fucking month. The right. yes part is because we as the viewers, XAB, we as That's the listeners, you didn't ask us if you could sell it, what we made hot for you. We didn't have any... And if we and if we really did have a say, mm-hmm. they would have they would have made a specific verses, mm-hmm. and the verses would have been, yo, this verses is brought to you by Timbo and Swiss Beats. This verses is actually not a verse. This verses is a town hall versus a virtual meeting. Everybody who loved the verses, everybody who appreciated what we did for the culture and how you guys helped us bring it uh, uh, to a bigger platform, let us know if we should sell it. Why or why not? You guys are the reason why we even really verses today. Yes, we created it, but you guys put us on the map. We didn't have a say. That's an interesting take. Um, Definitely, I can see that perspective where it's like, you didn't include the fans in in that um and they don't have Correct. a responsibility to but when fans do make something that this organically <laughs> hot there there was no machine behind it it was just us sitting here being like yo we about to sit on IG for 2 hours and watch these two play <laughs> their hit songs and we made this shit go from 2 200,000 people to 500,000 people, to 2 million people, to right, 5 right, right. million people at one time. Yeah. You might want to, I mean, I understand it's a deal, so you don't want to kind of put too much in the air, but there's got to be a way to include Wow, they got two dudes from the fucking like same crew forward. going at the each next, other? Wow. The uh, next versus is going to be Raekwon versus Ghostface Killer. Um, That's happening this fucking that, Saturday. Shit. This is and happening I'm, March twentieth in fucking at Vermont shooting a movie. So, so shout out to my director Andrew for the opportunity. Raekwon and Ghostface. Once again, going to be an interesting battle for sure. Okay, okay. So y'all yeah, probably see the recap after we're done freezing our ass off outside. All right, cool. Yeah, hopefully you'll be able to get the recap. They've been putting the recaps up. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Marseille Martin is a fucking goat. Let me let me say that again. I don't think y'all heard me. Marseille Martin and that little girl probably is a cursing fucking with her motherfucking goat. friends. What are you talking about? Okay, I I hate using profanity. She's sixteen years old. I understand that. Um, t- all I gotta say is this right. young lady. 
is doing things that people never get to do that they've dreamed of all of their lives and she hasn't even reached adulthood yet. She's producing a show on Disney. Okay. Now, not only is that an amazing feat in itself. In the fucking world. That, that is truly <laughs> tremendous. They're only, only going to get 16 years <laughs> old producing a show for the, one of the biggest fucking media entertainment companies in the world. That only you're going to get bigger. You become a You are now superstar. putting a platform yeah. together for black actors. And we know what the Disney machine does to any actor that goes through it. Besides the negative aspect. But yeah, we get Dust, yeah. we get Justin Timberlake, we get Britney Spears, we get fucking Hannah Montana, we get a whole bunch of shit coming out of Disney and their shows. Not only does so not only does that platform exist, she decides to take a disease that is not well known by mainstream America mm-hmm. and put it front and center. Of the entire storyline and show that she is putting together. This young lady has taken sickle cell disease and given it to the main character. And as far as I know, the premise of at least the first season and maybe the entire show is that this young lady wants to be part of a roller skating team. And as she is trying to reach that dream... Her sickle cell, her sickle cell flares up, and people start to doubt her ability mm. to do things in life. Now, for those who don't have sickle cell, this is a common theme that some people face, where doctors, family, people around you, friends, sometimes see a bad sickle cell attack, and they get so freaked out that they just want to put you in a bubble. And so for her to choose to put that front and center as a means to produce a show that is going to be on Disney and obviously is going to bring a lot of attention to this disease is just that it's like chess. It's like she's playing chess at this point. She's not even doing shit. She, She didn't sit there and say, oh, I got a show. This is my shot to do something dope and create. X, Y, and Z show and it's going to be funny and it's going to be great and then that's that. No, she's playing chess. She could have picked any disease she wanted. She could have picked no disease. But she picked the disease that she knows people don't know much about. This is fucking genius to me. That, now, right, when we use the title genius, West, like, no, that's we need to be using it for young similar. people yeah, like yeah. this. Not just... Throwing it about like we do. We say genius to everything. Nah, this is fucking well, genius to me. You know what I mean? We've, well, for the most part, we've seen her rise <laughs> in the way that she has I don't know what your on thoughts on that, show. And we've seen her also um, just become who she is by being vocal about the things that she actually likes and the things that she wants to do. This lets me know that she not only comes from a good family, but... She actually has been groomed in the industry as we're, you know, a part of this entertainment industry. She's been groomed in the acting world very, very well, which lets me know that by the time, by the time she does reach adulthood, she's not only going to be a force to be reckoned with, she's actually going to be like, you know what? I actually know how to take Disney to the next level. And Disney's going to be scared of her. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say. 
Issa Rae, we might get another Issa Rae before Issa Rae even reaches her career. Yeah, she's the and Issa I feel Rae, like what's happening the Issa Rae too is of that, Disney right now. You know, again, we could we, we could also do this. You know, a lot of you guys don't know this. I am an actor. You know what I mean? Not like for play. Like I actually really do act. And uh, a woman who is her career was already taken off before what I'm about to say. But you guys know her now because of her hit TV series on um, Stars called P Valley, which is actually Pussy Valley, which actually was um, a play that she did. A, a stay. So just imagine what you're watching. This that was a play, y'all, a play on stage, and now it's Stars' biggest. The shit's bigger than fucking Power. It's their biggest show on that platform. Think about that. Katori Hall, whose birthday is after my birthday, May 10th. Thank you. God bless. Um, my fellow Torian, she has been writing plays since God knows when. You know what I mean? I was in a play called um, Hotel, um, not, not, not Hotel Rwanda. It was inspired from Hotel Rwanda called Children of Killers. Um, and from that play, my good friend, R.I.P., God bless him, Siddiqui, was like, yo, Malek, Katori's going to be next. This was in 2012. We're in 2021. He wasn't lying. So shout out to, you know, our young sister, Miss Martin, for paving the way for other young ladies that's coming up and watching her. And shout out to Katori Hall for literally showing you you could do this and do that and have a hit TV series on fucking stars. Women's History Month don't get no better than this, y'all. It don't get no fucking better than this. Absolutely. And I'm excited. I'm truly excited to see what it does for Sickle Cell because Disney well, having a bunch of My question to you is why do you think this hasn't happened sooner? Cell. Being that you are somebody and who lives with the actual learning about it cell. through Disney is going to be a very interesting and impactful thing. Okay. Uh I think that black people haven't had this amount of equity in terms of uh, creative direction ever when it comes to TV, film, and Ava DuVernay, right. Like Issa Rae and everybody else who have paved the way. all within the last 10 years. Right. Just doing so many, taking the reins of, of directing and this is all within the last decade or so. So, all within the last 10 years, you've seen oh, a lot man. of black women um, and black wow. men start to be able to direct huge budgets and huge... We had uh, Ryan Krugler do right. Black Panther. You know what I mean? Like, things like that were unheard of back Possibly. in 2000 or even in... I mean, in the 90s or even 2000s. It was always a white man... And then maybe he would be getting consulted by black people. But no, when you have black people at the helms of these ships, you're getting black stories being told. And sickle cell primarily affects black and brown mm-hmm. people. Um, and so now you're getting a black person saying, wow, this disease affects my community. And I need to hear it being told in a lens that other people can understand what's going on. Now, it is a comedy. So I'm sure there's going to be a more softer side of exposing the disease. I do know there's probably going to be some very powerful um, episodes and powerful things that happen. But I just hope that this springboards 
to people now asking way more questions because this is a curable disease mm. at this point. With CRISPR around and the ability to kind of modify genes, CRISPR is the reason why we have the vaccine right now. Um, and CRISPR is connected to understanding the human genome and other genomes of everything else. And that's basically the DNA strands of how things are created. Once you can understand those, you can fix certain genetic diseases and or change the DNA of some certain things to make them immune to things. We, we see it with genetically modified food, right? There's tomatoes that can grow in the winter because they've changed the gene in it that allows it to be able to sustain the cold, things like that. So when we're talking about things like that whole realm, right. sickle cell falls in that where there are a few genes that need to be, need time. be corrected. And in doing so, you can eradicate the disease. Um, but you need funding for things like that. You need attention for things like that. The, the, yeah, and well, the, the technology exists, just like the technology for COVID existed, well, the vaccine for COVID existed. But with this particular thing, since it's affecting everybody, they did all this emergency approval and this, that, and the third, boom. Now we got a vaccine within a year. The CRISPR shit been around for a while, and the, the uh, sickle cell cure has been around for a while. But they, it doesn't have the funding, and it doesn't have the attention. So even though it's here, it's still not the safest thing. And it's still not uh, right. getting enough that it becomes cheap enough that people could just go and get their sickle cell treatment. Um, and so that's something that I'm hoping will happen through this process. But I definitely saw uh, the commercial One today. more person we got to talk about before we dive into politics and everything else. Chica. She had a a Facebook you know, at commercial first I really during the Grammys that she would really what what, what do we see like it when as I the first 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 lady. started following her um around the time when I was still producing bars in a barbershop and I was like yo like she's really fucking dope like she like she always reminds me of fucking sitcom Brown shout out to sitcom always remind me of sitcom just like how chill she is and how she be rapping and how she put her words together and just how fly she look too. Cause she be oh, she a fly motherfucker, man. She she be really dressing up fly. Oh, Karen, okay. Um, so it's just dope. Um Yeah, I don't even think sitcom goes by sitcom. You don't, you don't have to know this person, but they remind you to somebody else, and then name. it's just the way that they are, like they just own they got their own yeah. individual swagger and um, when I seen her do a few things with, you know, a few people in the industry as her name was starting to buzz, I was like, you know, she's going to be like the next breakout star. But after seeing that commercial, I'm like, mm, she might be on some global status really soon because, you know, that just wasn't a commercial that they, they were trying to send a message. And I think the message came across. I think they got their message out. Yeah. Chica's going to be big. She's going to be big. Yeah. It's yeah, Facebook, yeah. Very you got little that else to say to that. That commercial let me know that she, she's finally in a space where it seems like she's getting the right attention with Facebook. Uh, I don't... And I don't know if that's, you know, a one-time thing or if that's more of a contract thing, but that commercial already told me big money. 
And this is just, you know, timing is everything. This is the perfect time for a chica. This is a, a perfect time for a young woman who has something to say and is just so impactful and thoughtful to really take the main stage. Um, with everything going on in oh, the yeah, world. Oh, yeah, yeah, Nah, she, like, she's a real problem, actually. Time. Like, she'll give these rappers I am truly month, excited uh, money. to see her continue to rise because yeah. she has some bars, boy. Like, she's not. This might be it. Yeah, like, problem, problem. Like, y'all want to talk about second coming to Lauren Hill and Missy. You might got both of them okay. in, in one fucking person, so. You know, kudos to that. Oh yeah, I um, remember the I yeah, saw this yeah, thing yeah. on that, was that was that IG. was that that was a podcast by by African it. organization, right? Um, and they were talking about okay. sex, and if it was uh, the bedrock, everybody, everybody, everybody just had that accent. I was like, I don't know if they from Africa or from Britain. I don't know what the fuck going on. I don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> to be honest, bro. Uh, no, 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 no. It was a deep ass conversation. Though. It was a valid question. I was asked. It might have been London. Who, who the fuck knows? Um, I'm not downplaying the show. I'm sure the show was fire, but right. So yeah, again, y'all, while my brother shit. finds that, make sure you guys. Are I thought following it was. I thought it was valid, but the way they broke it down, you know, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, is necessary Radio, YouTube, you Instagram, from, um, iTunes. Uh, we everywhere, man. We everywhere. Dad has some bow ties. Dot com dad has some bow ties at gmail if you you know interested in trying to jump on a show you got any topics that you think we might uh be able to benefit benefit from or the viewers might be able to benefit from from talking about let us know also follow us on instagram at dad has some bow ties and also on facebook dad hats and bow ties uh yeah you definitely sent it to me in our our group chat did I send thing. that shit to y'all? In the in the inbox? Either that or it's probably taken down now. You know, sometimes videos get taken down all the time. Let's see. Uh, I know I sent uh, the shit with... Okay. With Salt Bay. Uh, <laughs> that shit Yo, was buddy. Let me look one more time, see, see if I can find this shit. Uh, really quick, da, 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 da. this Trey song spitting in chicks' mouths. <laughs> so you, so you saying you saying there's a technique for spitting in somebody's mouth? Yo, I'm sorry, he didn't even do that the right way. That's my, my that's my only. Tell us, that. You know what I mean? That's my only point on that. Is he was just <laughs> hell yeah. That shit didn't look fucking sexy. You got to... All right. Now I don't want to tell okay. nobody nothing. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. About? But, I mean, the, the first thing you got to do is... What kind of spit, though? We talking about, <laughs> That's like... That's what you got. Nah, but you're supposed to grab a chick by her throat, oh. look her right in her eye, supposed to be face-to-face close and just spit in her mouth. Tell her, open up and spit in her mouth. Those are the, but those are the type of spits. Not I the like. way that nigga did it. I no, like when you, you don't want to put phlegm in this shit, my nigga. That's disgusting. <laughs> I want a lot wanna, of things you know in my mouth, nigga. Give a little, little spit in the mouth. That's it. <laughs> you want phlegm in your mouth, nigga? All right, so, all right, all right, all right. I found a clip. I found a clip. I found a clip. <laughs> Bedrock of emotional commitment, and without sex, a guy can't really be emotionally 
committed to a woman? What do you think? Honest, honest answer? Yes. Okay. Mm. Let me tell you the truth. When a man finds a woman that he is so into, the last thing on his mind is sex. And that's the truth. When you find a woman that you, like, you are captivated by who she is, the person that she is, if that comes, that's an added benefit. And if we get to that stage in our relationship, you know, where we do get physical, that's not what's driving me. So I can commit to her first. There's a there's a different narrative to this as well. Yeah. I agree with what he's saying. Like, you can't have sex on your mind if you're really into someone. That's not the first thing on your mind. You need you need to think about it. But when you are in a relationship, I do think that good sex has is is it's always. It's, it's sort of like re, re, it's like it's like watering a flower mm-hmm. every now and then. Mm-hmm. Great sex mm-hmm. with your partner is mm-hmm. is always going to like sort of like remind the person mm-hmm. again emotionally, yeah. And you know the better it is, feel the emotion. Yeah, you, you, you no, feel no, it. Like, great sex doesn't happen all the time. My point exactly. So you know what? When you get married, you're not you don't have sex every day. No. So mm-hmm. what keeps that marriage is the commitment. My oh. point exactly. But oh, I'm just yeah. saying, but. In between that whole busy schedules, work, and everything time. else you yeah. got to do, yeah. when you guys do spend time and have great it, sex, it it's a reminder, like, yeah, I'm pleased to share myself. You know, I forgot what I said in the group oh, chat, but just listening yeah, to yeah, them like, again talk that, about that, it, I mean... Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Listen, sometimes... You feel about that, brother? You know, you're with somebody and you like them. Can't believe I'm about to say this. You 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 heard it here first, man. That has some both houses. The world's most dangerous podcast on the face of the planet and the torso of the stomach. You could be with somebody and like them and be like, yo, to be honest, I like the sex more than I like them. So I'm gonna stick around just for the sex. <laughs> points were made definitely on the aisle, you know. I I think a few more points was made um when the guy was mm. saying that I mean, I think um, points were made you know, on both sides of the sex aisle, is like water and a flower. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if that was the best analogy, but I get what he's saying. It, it gets better over time. The flower is going to bloom and blossom, and or you don't got to water it every single day, but it needs to be watered right. at least, you know, what I mean, once a day, not like for thirty minutes on on a day, though, you know. Right. right. And the other guy was basically Correct. trying to say, like, if you truly like somebody, it was kind of like what we spoke about earlier. Sex isn't your motivation. So, yes, that's where I think I agree. Um, but like the other guy said, I do feel like relationships. Especially if there's one person that want to have sex more than the other tend person. to too. rise and fall based off of. Sexual compatibility. Like, well, well, before we even get there, if one person is is climaxing and the other person isn't, and this is a continuous thing, this becomes an issue. Like, can you imagine being with somebody and every time you fuck, you get to the point where you're about to bust a nut, but you never get there because that person yeah. came or that person After a while, like, you say to yourself, um, yo, why I don't can't take it anymore or whatever the case some, is. Some shit. After a while, 
you know what I mean, you might start looking outside of the relationship. Yeah, and then all it takes is for somebody who's sexually compatible to swoop you off your feet. So, in that capacity, um, that's why I think points were made on both sides. Yes, right. motivationally, if I like you, I ain't, I'm not pursuing you or I'm not hanging out with you with the goal, like we spoke about earlier, to fuck. But sex is an important part of right. maintaining a relationship. And what I mean by that is not by like any physical things that you're unable to do. You know, if you got a four-inch right, dick, so, you got a four-inch so dick. So if you, you know what I mean, if you but suck toes like the good brother the, you listening to, you better you suck can the shit do, up toes, man. You need to be That's making it. sure that you're doing it to make sure that your partner is pleased in some way, shape, or form. That's what that's what you better do. Yeah, if you can eat the box, that's amazing, it. and that makes it come. You better make sure that that's it. If your stroke game ain't work or you busting up quick, ass teeth. gonna be down there mm-hmm. for fifteen minutes, dog. It is what it is. You gonna mm-hmm. be there. Make that commitment now. Right now, and she's gonna make about, a commitment not spe- to cheat on you. Speaking about dick, when a nigga that now, I thought about this, she meets at a, a kinky game this night, question. is walking around. <laughs> this is about dick to go to a whole other place. And looking I, like, I just need you to know. <laughs> um, speaking about dick, what if you know with Shorty going. and Shorty's like, <laughs> right? And Shorty's like, yo, everything is great. I just want you to get your dick a little bigger. Like, I like where it's at. America's meat. But I kind of want it to go a little bigger. And let's say you get the, let's say you get the dick size that she wanted and you got it. And y'all break up. But she's upset because now that you broke up with her, you still got a bigger dick. Like, it ain't like the dick left after y'all broke up. No, he still got a bigger dick. Whose fault is that? <laughs> that ain't nobody's fault. That's immaturity. That's that's whose fault well, it is. She might Fucking look at it like nigga half that dick belong if, to me. Well, the inches you that mad I because the nigga got add. a bigger dick and y'all break up because you don't want to be with him. <laughs> what what he supposed to do? Chop his dick off? This is true. It is it is his dick. That you've put in your mouth on several no, occasions. Oh, nigga, because at the end of the day, if the nigga decide to do that, that is his decision. <laughs> we just. What about black meat? Ladies and gentlemen. I gotta be red meat. <laughs> you already know what time I it got is. Some red meat for you. Got some red meat for you. I'm not gonna let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. <laughs> That's that that was wild. So yeah, we here. Uh, let's start off with fucking Pierce Morgan. This nigga walked off of the air and quit BBC. Basically, after getting called out all mm. week for bashing Meghan Merkel, um, and seemingly accepting the royal family's racism. I don't really know what his point was, but this is what I'll tell you. Cause we all know by now, and if you don't know, we about to put you on. Of the story wow. of Megan and Pierce. Supposedly, according to Pierce, Megan and Pierce went on a date once. 
And there, they is, went is there to a bar. Is, is there a such he thing as a dirty a couple martini? of, I think he said dirty martinis. Says I feel like he threw dirty drink. martinis Continue in there to brother. paint a picture. But I digress. This He's nigga, a, son. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I know my drinks, though. But anyways, so he buys a couple dirty martinis. He says he puts her in a cab after the end of the day. He says that they hit it off really well. He puts her in a cab, and he thinks that she's going home. Lo and oh, behold, shit. she ends up at a party, and that's the party at which she meets Harry. And Pierce never hears from her ever again. And so it really seems like his hatred towards Megan has so much to do with him getting ghosted and dubbed. And this is what happens when you don't resolve your inner traumas. You so worried about this girl dubbing you and not fucking giving you what you wanted Mm. that you're on TV every chance that you get trying to find ways to bash her. And you find yourself in a situation where she's not in the wrong. I won't be and you're still trying to find a way to bash her. And you look like a fucking clown. And I know two years from now you're going to come out with a fucking apology. We don't fucking want it. Now, with that being said, I don't know. I mean, have you ever I, I been ghosted and realized that you got ghosted well, for think, another nigga? Well, later, that's what he's experienced. Year, but yeah, I definitely got ghosted. Did I get ghosted for another nigga? I mean, actually, actually, yes, I did get ghosted by. And and what's crazy is, damn, I don't even know if she listens to this podcast. What's you have crazy to do investigative is, work to know that the woman that ghosted me. Started dating somebody that I was cool with. (laughs) And at the time, I think she said he was going through issues with his mom. And a few weeks ago, she reached out to me. And I'm not going to get into that story because that that would just be too much info. But long story short, I asked, I said, yo, how are you a homeboy? Oh, that been over. What you talking about? And my mind was like, so we're not going to talk about that? What you mean? Like, you left me for my mans. No comment. I don't know what you're talking about, Distinguished. All right, cool. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about either. You have a blessed one, beloved. Right. <laughs> say, say that, heard. Right, right, right. Heard. I've definitely been there. I've, I I don't feel Pierce Morgan's pain because he's handling it like a total douche. But um, I definitely have been in situations where I'm talking to a shorty. Everything seems dope. And the conversation starts to slow. Or the conversation just is blue doop boop boop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give you... Matter of fact, I might have that nigga somewhere. But I'm going to get to that in a second. But like... The conversation yeah, starts start to, seeing, to slow start down Michael and B. things Jordan start to change. And on the fucking next gram. thing you know, <laughs> you start seeing <laughs> elbows at dinner tables. And it's, and it's a nigga. Definitely not. Somebody else definitely took that photo. Hey, yeah, you start seeing you start seeing shorty at spots and you're like, you're not going there by yourself. You didn't. 
Right, right. Why that shadow look bald? <laughs> Why that shadow look bald? <laughs> what? That's not your homegirl. Your homegirl ain't take that picture. Who you, took that wait, picture? That car, that car definitely is not a rental. That's not a rental. <laughs> <laughs> how you That's end an, up? How you end up in Tulum? I thought you told yo, me you ain't had no money. Yo, you know what I just learned too. Chicks be literally out on these trips, posting like they were just with their girls or they just by themselves, and we all know damn it well a nigga flew them out. It's fifteen <laughs> niggas with them, bro. Fifteen <laughs> niggas with them, and they make it seem like it's just dumb and four girls, right? And if you're lucky <laughs> enough and you do the proper investigative work, you might. Be able to catch one of the sponsoring niggas. Yeah, you might find that one photo that got twenty three likes, but her photo got five hundred. <laughs> you know, her what I mean? photo by herself. You know, what I mean, you might be lucky enough Person, for this. I mean, she gave me, and then I gave her some. Yo, that shit's still funny. That shit's still funny. <laughs> we gonna have to make that an official drop. He really that- did that shit in an interview, bro. I'm dead. <laughs> we gotta make that an official drop. This <laughs> nigga, son. <laughs> but yeah, you might be We may have to enough. use that when we start asking wild questions when we do our OnlyFans. <laughs> when we get back to OnlyFans. Facts. Why? Right. <laughs> Welcome back to OnlyFans edition of Tales <laughs> Oh, my God. Bro, how are you feeling about this $1.9 trillion bill that has been passed? Uh, Something to kind of take the pressure off of Cuomo? Mm. Expand on that. I mean, people worried about their money right now. They're not worried about if something actually happened in that man's office. People are actually trying to figure out when they're getting this money. So a lot of people actually got it already, actually. I mean, that's a very New York perspective. <laughs> I, oh, I don't right, think okay. the rest, rest of the nation is too worried about Cuomo um, as much. But um, I can definitely say New Yorkers, New Yorkers have not given up on Governor Cuomo. The the, the citizens haven't. The, okay. Obviously, the politicians clearly have made their mind up and they want him out of office. But um, the allegation count, I mean, we spoke about Cuomo a little bit. Last week, the allegation count is now at seven. Um, Sheesh, fuck. And again, I still haven't seen nothing. The groping one is concerning, but we need to, I don't know. As a New Yorker, I haven't seen the facts that it will make me say, Governor Cuomo is a disgusting man. He needs to get out of here. I've seen a lot right. of allegations of inappropriate behavior and I do think that some of the, the things are very inappropriate. Other things, I'm like, that is circumstantial in terms of, like, there's a the picture of him grabbing the young girl's face. Um, and that allegation attached to that is that he kissed her on the cheek mm-hmm. after he grabbed her face and it was unwarranted and she didn't want it and... To me, that's like, how do you prove that? Like, how do you prove that in in court if if you 
if you're standing by that, that's how it happened. Like you, you somehow made it very clear that you were uncomfortable. It, it's very hard, I think, in a court of law to to prove that um, and to say that he knew that the inappropriate the behavior that he was doing was inappropriate. Because in his right. from his perspective, he's saying, "I'm that's a greeting. That's how I greet people. Like I've been greeting people like that." So there that is like a he say she say mm-hmm. scenario where it's very hard to approve whether you agree with grabbing somebody by the face and kissing them on the cheek um i was speaking to a friend the other day and i know plenty of italian men who have grabbed my face and kissed me on the cheek and yeah. <laughs> i didn't necessarily I was about to say ain't that a part of their culture i could be wrong ain't that a part of their culture ain't, it, ain't that it how, is they, some part cultural. of their greeting actually yeah, it is cultural to some extent. So, um, I'm not again. I'm not uh, discrediting the young lady. Don't want anything right. to get twisted or misconstrued. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't have felt uncomfortable. I'm just saying that in a scenario like that, there is less of a yo. This is a concrete, like yo. That's fucked up, or nah. That's not fucked up. The groping allegation, if found to be true, that's concrete to me. If they got some evidence that this nigga is out here groping right. women, right? Which he said he has not. He said, especially that, that if they is, got that shit on camera, it's, it's clip, boy. If they, that's yeah, then it's the over. Office, it's over. It's over. Get get him out of office. But Man, he has via, He said no, that has not happened, and he doesn't know why that allegation is even out there. And my my, we spoke about it before, and I don't want to go into it again. But my only thing is, we have to stop jumping to conclusions with allegations only and i understand why we are in this space i understand what believe all women and i'm not going against that but what happens when something like this can't be uh proven not to say that it's a lie or something but a lot of this right now is based off of perspective so you're not we can't ground it in a concrete again this happened this didn't this is a perspective thing his perspective, all he did was greet her. Her perspective, he was being a nasty, dirty man that was exuding his power and dominance by feeling like he owned her because he's the governor and he can grab her and kiss her whenever he wants. But you that's do a perspective know, thing. But you do know that's where we're headed, though. I, I think I said this last year. We're heading into a place where the opinion is all where the opinion is going to trump the fact, and where the perception of what you think happened, even if you can't prove it happened happened that's where we're headed that's scary i mean i hope we don't head there but that's a it's a dicey place because now it's like that believe all women is actually going to be something where it's like believe all women parentheses without actually getting proof because you should just believe all women off rip anyways but i'm gonna just also let you know my nigga i'm gonna let you finish we don't need no proof I said what I said because that's what I said. And I under, again, I understand why we're in this space. I understand that there are plenty of times where the justice system and men have conspired right. to And women have suppress, not been duly served. Right. Right. And suppress women's voices. But re- regardless, I, and I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. That is the reality. So if it's like, yo, I'm, I'm all for... If a woman comes to me and tells me something, I am going, I'm not looking to discredit the story before I'm looking to credit the story. 
Right. I just need something to credit the story. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you you a liar. I'm not throwing your account aside. Nothing of that sort. It's just in a court of... I can't... I don't think it's safe for anybody if we end up in a space that distinguishes kind of describing where due process and proof and things like that just don't matter at all. And yeah, I don't think that 90% of women... Uh, would ever lie about some shit like that, right. like being uh, assaulted. But we're not really talking about assault right now. We're talking about perspective. And in most of these cases, the groping one would be assault. And again, that has to be proven as well. But if we're talking about a, a scenario where a nigga hugs somebody as a greeting, because that's what they're used to, and months down the line, they find out that that person was extremely uncomfortable and right. felt like they were sexually uh, like sexually harassed um, through that. And we can't even act like, oh, well, that's too extreme. No, this is what's happening now. This is what's happening. It's right in front yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Before it would be, yo, this nigga hugged me weird like five times in a row and the shit was out, like everybody saw it. Everybody had to tell this nigga, yo, what are you doing? Now it's literally a, a kind of like, yo, my my feeling is like I was very uncomfortable in that. And I feel like, and if I want to just go straight to HR and say that's sexual harassment, I would not be wrong to do so. They will take that fact. claim. You know, I don't need anything else. And I understand that, but it is a, a scary place to be, when, I think, for anybody. Oh, yeah. Um, Facts. Because let's be honest. There are people out here, not everybody and not most, but there are some people out here that weaponize this. And that's what I said last week in terms of they weaponize these things. And it almost seems like they're weaponizing it in this scenario because what the allegations that they're leading with are not ridiculous allegations. You know what I'm saying? And that sounds weird to, to say because allegation is an allegation, but at the same breath, you have to dig into what is being alleged when and what is being propagated. Like, if I say, yo, a nigga assaulted me, and then you find out that we were play fighting, now you might look at my assault allegation more like, yo, this nigga is wild now. And if you, if you found out that I had to say it was assault in order for me to get X, Y, and Z to happen for me, now everything is in question. I'm not saying that that's what's happening here in terms of the people bringing the allegations. Right. But I'm definitely saying that there are some people who are seeing this as a way to get this nigga out of power. That's it. That want his seat. You guys Somebody who come wants with your own inferences. Yeah. Not, again, this is not about the accusers. This is about people who want power seeing an opportunity to seize power. And that's what it just seems like to me. Um, again, I see some crazy shit happen. I'll be first in line to, to change uh, my perspective on it. Um, but in terms of the stimulus, stimulus checks are uh, going out. They started over the weekend. Um, what do you think is the first thing niggas is going to buy with they, they stimulus check? Not maybe you and I, but people in general. What do TVs. you think, people? TVs. You think TVs? Yeah. Interesting. I feel I feel like I feel like anything electronic is at the top of the food chain when it comes to that stimulus check. That us. I think it's designer. I think something mm, designer. Damn. Shit. Oh, okay. 
Um, what is the downside of the bill, if any, in your opinion? People literally have not fully de-attached themselves from the government. Mm-hmm. I think that's the downside. The downside is still like, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, I need that stimulus check because shit was crazy during COVID. Shit was crazy for COVID for every fucking body, even, even niggas that was working, okay? Um, it's always going to, in my opinion, it's always going to seem as though we're looking at 1400 like it's literally 1400 We need to be looking at 1400 like, yo, my nigga, why are we not getting $14 million? Mm. What the fuck is $1,400, bro? And I, and I and I know somebody's gonna say, but distinguish, you know, extra money should you know what I mean should be a good thing. Yes, I hear you, my nigga. At the same time, it's not them saying fourteen hundred for the next two three years. It's a cutoff for everything. And to be honest, if your savings, if your Yes, yes, I am going to tell you niggas what the fuck to do with your money because you got to hear it. Somebody got to tell you. Fuck all that other shit. If your savings is fucked up right now and the first thing you doing is going to get a designer belt, you a fucking idiot. If your credit score is less than 500, if it's lower than 400, nigga, if your shit 325, what the fuck are you doing spending money on a fucking brand new plasma uh, 85-inch screen TV? Y'all got to get your shit together because your priorities, when it comes to money, is fucked up. If you a grown-ass man listening to Dads and Bowls House religiously for the last three and a half years, and you ain't got $1,000 in your savings account, nigga, you need to go to the bank and let them niggas know how I actually want to open up a fucking uh, CD account so I never see this shit again for the next 10 years. I want to see if the money accrues because I've been fucking up my whole life for the last 20 fucking years. I don't even have thousand dollars on my bank account and i'm fucking 50 years old you gotta get your priorities together that's the downside government giving niggas free money and niggas is actually gonna fuck it up talking about i got a bag i ran into a bag nigga you ran into a pandemic bag you didn't run into a bag nigga what are you talking about the government gave you this shit if there was no pandemic there'd be no fourteen hundred dollars What the fuck? I don't know what's going on, bro. I don't know what's going on. I hear that message. I definitely hear that message. I mean, just to offer some grace, I do think that there are people that will be using this money um, to help themselves and be able to pay off some bills and do things that they need to do. But there are always going to be those individuals that, I mean, we seen it last time the stimulus check came. Definitely seen it last time. Niggas and was balling out of, on $600. Niggas was balling. Even the, the stimulus before that. Them niggas was fucking <laughs> doing money phones and faking it on the gram, acting like they got mad bread. And it's like, y'all, like you said, if there was no pandemic, you wouldn't have this bread. That's so it. Try to find a way. And again, I'm not telling people what to do with their money, but just try to find a way I, that you can I, I, set... I did already. It's, it's okay. I, try I to find a way to set your money up that it will benefit you in the long haul, not just the immediate. 
And I think that that's important. Um, but for some people, they'll need to use that money in the immediate. And those people, yeah. I think, should use that money in the immediate. You got clothes you need to get for your kid as they're opening schools back up. You got to put food on your table. You got bills just piling up because you weren't able to work the hours that you normally could. And Facts. this might help you in that way, shape, or form. And that's why they've been calling it a survival check and not a stimulus. Then we're not stimulating shit. Some people are surviving at this point. Legit, and they need that it. money. But then we, we are going to have the other side of the coin where niggas is going to be renting Ferraris for the weekend. Yo. And, Yo, and talking about, yeah, I got I got 400 on the Ferrari for the weekend. All right, player. Going to Miami because it's spring break, so, and catching COVID. But, oh, shit, I'm dead. You know what I mean? Another thing that we got to talk about before we start to wrap up is free Haiti. So, for those who don't know what's going on in Haiti, I'm about to go through a popular hashtag that's been circulating and what's been happening in Haiti. So Free Haiti is a hashtag to, ro- to raise awareness on the critical situation in Haiti where people are being killed and kidnapped while a dictatorship is gaining grounds. There is no parliament, uh, no elected local officials. No, the judiciary system is under attack. The president wants to change the constitution and hold elections while gangs control many parts of the territory. There is a surge in kidnapping at a scale never seen before. What's happening in Haiti broken down. Again, people being killed and kidnapped at a scale never before seen while a dictator is trying to take control. Uh, they're, basically, the government is non-existent um, and gangs are pretty much running territories while a dictator is trying to just be at the top of everything. And the youth and the whole of society is demanding peace, democratic order, and economic stability. Um, how people may want to help based off of this particular post is by tweeting, liking, or retweeting anything that you see regarding what's going on in Haiti, protesting, organizing, or joining peaceful protests to support the movement, advocating, asking human rights organizations um, or your representatives to stand with the people of Haiti and educate yourself regarding content and explaining the situation to other people. So we're doing our part right now by... Explaining talking about it, right? Facts. What's happening? Hopefully, hopefully you made it to this part of the show. Um, but yeah, bro, I don't know if you have anything else. I know you've done a lot of charity work for Haiti. I mean, you know, listen, man. Like, like I made the post last week, man. Shout out to D Flow for all his hard work on, you know, what I mean, literally about to fucking edit the shit out of this episode that he's not even on, but he's still gonna do that because that's the guy. Uh, and and. And shout out to XAB for, you know, putting in the crazy hours and energy and creativity in uh, getting the production value in terms of the content for the podcast up and running. And then, you know, as for me, y'all motherfuckers still don't know who the fuck I am. But, um, you know, shout out to the organizations that I am a part of, that I've been a part of for a minute. You know, a big shout out to iHome International Humanitarian Outreach Ministries, which was started from the earthquake that happened in Haiti in January of 2010, for those of you guys who remember. Um, and we've been doing a lot of work for the last, you know, 10 years plus. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of work. Um, and shout out to one of the newer organizations that I'm a part of, which... 
I am uh, the communications director for um, Hill Haiti, which is a non-for-profit um, 501c3, which was started in 2013 as a call and response to the lack of nurses that was on the ground floor when the situation was happening in Haiti two years prior due to the um, three years prior due to the earthquake happening. So, um, you know, I'm just grateful to be here. I'm doing my part. Um, if you guys want more information on that, you know, definitely feel free to reach out to me. But uh, I definitely will be bringing this to the organization's um, doorsteps, XAB, because we haven't we haven't spoken about this free Haiti thing. I'm sure they know about it. I'm sure that they're doing things around it. I, I just know that nobody that I know right this second in the group has talked about. We talk about other things, obviously, that I'm not going to get on the air and discuss. But um, I'm definitely going to mention that to them. And maybe that, you know, maybe it is appropriate that we figure out a way to do something about it on a social media level and then possibly you know when the appropriate time presents itself on a global level meaning actually going to haiti and trying to address the issue in that way um when it's safer i should say because right now it's probably very hostile you know i'm which was what i was on fox news you know i was the angry conservative black woman and at that time in my life, it was uh, who I was. And I realized in 2016 that anger is unsustainable. And it will destroy you. I was that I made a lot of mistakes. And because of that anger, being a supporter. Are we uh, forgiving Miss Stacey Dash for her years and years of denigrating black people and progressive values while she spent time on Fox News um, supporting all of the antics of Donald Trump and other conservatives? She must have been really getting a real fucking bag, son. She she had to have been really getting money. Because I just remembered, we definitely talked about Stacey Dash. And the last time we talked about Stacey Dash, didn't Stacey Dash put her hands on, on her husband? On her white mistaken. husband. She was getting some good white dick. That's what the fuck was going on. That's how I feel. Right. She um, was getting some good-ass white, pink, sausage dick. Yeah. And then and she put hands on this nigga, and he called right. the fucking cops on her. He definitely did call the cops on her. He definitely did. <laughs> Um, I think for a long time, I mean, I'm I'm saying this in the most appropriate way possible. Stacey Dash has been very clueless. I don't know what's the, I don't, I don't know. Listen, Stacey has always been borderline, has always played white, like favoritism to her advantage, even in clueless, like you, you just brought up. She was the black girl that was trying to be white. Like right. at that time, obviously that's not what was said, but at that time that's what her character represented. Now black men fell in love with her, myself oh, included. Yeah, yeah her, because her beauty is amazing. Stacy like, was a baddie. Yeah. And there was a moment in time where Stacy just held herself to a, a decent standard where it was, yes, I understand that the white favoritism is allowing me to get roles and things like that, but I am not discrediting black people. And then out of what seemed like nowhere, she just flipped the script and black people were, in her eyes, 
like, I don't even know. She just started going on this political journey that really started to denigrate everybody who wasn't a conservative white Trump supporter. Um, And it was very confusing. Uh, And it only seemed to have snapped, one, when her her husband threw her ass in jail. Right, when he threw her in jail, I was like, yeah, it's getting real for her life. Two, when Donald Trump got out of office. Now, all of a sudden, you're remorseful? That's the part that kind of doesn't sit right with me. You 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 just now becoming remorseful. Why weren't you remorseful, or why didn't you come out with a remorseful tape in twenty when George Floyd was fucking under somebody's knee for eight minutes? The money, why, the money's, the money's drying up. Why weren't you uh, remorseful when Breonna Taylor got killed? Why is it now that you're remorseful? It doesn't. I don't get it, and I'm not Stacey Dash. Um, so I'm not supposed to get it, but I would like to to get that explanation at some point in time from her own mouth. Um, and then maybe I can, you know, what I mean, see where this, what angle it is that this apology is coming from. But for right now, it, it's very questionable for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. tough knot, broski. Tough knot. Give. It a chance. You might die tomorrow. What would dad say? Dad will harpen back to the conversation that has been a common theme at multiple points through this episode. And that is make sure you are actually doing and dating the things and people that you like. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the nigga that looks good or the chick that looks good. I'm not talking about the person that made you laugh all through that first conversation. I'm talking about figuring out who you like. And the first way to do that is to figure out what things you like about yourself. And once you do that, then go and date other people and date with the intention of seeing who you like. And not dating with the intention of who you can fuck. Not dating with the intention of who you can get to buy you a meal. Not dating with the intention of, oh, I'm bored. Not dating with the intention of, oh, I wanted to see that movie, but I don't really want to pay for it. So which one of these niggas is going to take me out to see this movie? Dating with the intention to actually date people that you like. You like to spend time with. You feel like they uplift your value. You feel like you're having a great time when you're around them. Date those people. And I promise we'll be on a road to healing. Another episode of Dad Had Some Bow Ties. And we are out of here.